0: Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Aid Radio. Hope you're doing well. It's Wednesday! Ah, I just got that off the top of my head. So uh, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, means it's time to chat with the fine Freedom Aid Radio listeners. By the way, please remember to cash in your philosophy chips at 50 cents a show if you'd be very kind. Come on, some of these call-in shows are over four hours, 50 cents a show. What is that? 12 and a quarter cents an hour you can do it those are wages that singapore children would spit upon so if you can go to fdrurl.com slash donate fdrurl.com slash donate help us out we want to grow we want to spread our wings and fly so um, if you could do that we'd be very happy about that mike who do we have up first
1: all right. Up first today is Tiago. Tiago wrote in and said, I have this problem where I cannot, quote-unquote, fake it when in the presence of less virtuous people, which isn't too good having to deal with them all the time in life. I tried before to play people's nasty games, but always failed to think in such ways and end up losing. How can I deal with the, the highly people-based aspects of managing companies, consumer bases, etc., when they are filled with non-fair players?
0: Hello. All right. Hey, Diego, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm all right. So, so yeah, <laughs> is it mostly work stuff that's the issue?
2: Well, this is like some kind of perspective thing, like um, the question has to do more with future things. Than, um, it has a bit to do with the present, but most likely on a perspective of, for, for instance, working for myself, um you know the business world for me I, I don't know it just seems it's just it's not just the business world but it seems sometimes to me okay. to be full G- of this diego 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 yeah
0: deep breath yeah you know you're babbling right uh, i'm super anxious i'm sorry <laughs> yeah listen then you can just tell me that you're anxious like oh, like if you want to keep bad people away just be direct honest and open and if you babble you're signaling to people that you're confused that you're upset and also that you're confused and upset and are not willing to slow down and say that or deal with it does that make sense like is, people, i've i've really noticed yeah, lately how much people are how much people are displaying to me what their issues are rather than telling me if that makes sense yeah it makes uh, every sense, but confused
2: it's what I what I am. <laughs> That's what I am actually.
0: Okay, so so hang <laughs> on. So so you you get on the uh, the show here, and what happens to you emotionally?
2: Oh, it's this like biological,
0: fight or flight mechanism thing,
2: anxiety, and, and yeah,
0: around. And that. then you try to cover that up.
2: <sighs> well. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. But yeah, I guess I try to manage it, yeah.
0: Right. So, you no, you weren't trying to manage it because then you'd say, oh, I'm feeling really stressed or really upset or whatever. And the reason why I'm pausing on this is because if you display that level of fear, you will invite aggressors into your life. Yeah, sure, of course.
2: Well, I try to mask it up. Um, sometimes I think that will probably not help very much and people will actually uh, see through it like sometimes I try to put this strong uh, face or uh, you can't touch me
0: Thing. I don't know I'll just say thank you so um you can't obviously you can't make bad people good right I mean we're we're clear on that right yeah right so then the question is I think really how can we keep bad people Away from you. Yep. So that they don't want to do business with you, they avoid you, and even that they become your enemies. I mean, there's there's no way to do good in the world without incurring the enmity of bad people, right?
2: Mm, I don't think I got, I
0: got that one. Sorry. Well, so you can't do good in the world without annoying bad people, right? Right, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. if, if you come up with a, a super security system that with a combination of lasers and (laughs) fog and grappling hooks instantly catches all criminals trying to break into places the criminals will be really upset with you right they will yeah so whatever you're trying to do that's good in the world people uh will who are bad who are committed to bad things will be bothered by you i mean and it doesn't even have to be a moral issue. If you deny people their addictions, they will often, at least in the short run, be extremely angry with you. I don't know if you've ever tried to intervene in the lives I of have. addicts, but yeah, but they get really angry. Oh, I mean, okay, if you okay. could sort of snap your fingers and stop um, all heroin from moving in the world, then um, people would be very upset. Even people who would benefit from that, like Peaches Geldoff, who died of a heroin overdose, um, she would, uh, you know, she'd probably be upset with you because you were denying her her drug of choice. And irrationality is not humankind's drug of choice. It's their drug of addiction, drug of infliction, yeah. which has been inflicted on them. So uh, right. the reason that I'm sort of pointing out all of this is that you're saying, well, how do I deal, I think, with dysfunctional people, in the workforce, mm-hmm. and what you do is uh, you have to find a way to not be afraid of your fear. Right? So when right. you called in, you were uh, afraid. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. It happens to all of us. But you were afraid of your fear and wanted to cover up and mask it and pretend it wasn't there. That, it's not fear that bad people mm-hmm. sense as a weakness they can exploit. It's fear of your fear. In other words, I'm afraid, but I want to pretend I'm not. I want to avoid it and and so on. That means that you have a bad relationship with yourself. And all gaps in intimacy are gravity wells for ill intentions. Uh, In other words, wherever there's a gap between parent and child, the bullies can come. Whenever there's a gap between husband and wife, the um, uh, infidelity Uh can come. The seducers can come. And whenever there's a gap between yourself and yourself then you're basically sending up a giant red flare to draw exploiters in because they know that you are not comfortable with yourself and with your emotions, even your uncomfortable emotions. And so they know yeah. that they, you will avoid yourself uh, and therefore they can provoke negative things in yourself in order to eject you from yourself into their net of exploitation. Yeah. So I know that's a lot to sort of hear, but, uh, but I think that that makes you were kind of sense, demonstrating Stephen. to me what was going on. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah. That makes perfect sense it's a perfect analysis <clears throat> and this this question the thing with this question is that it's a bit of a bit of an abstract thing um I was one of those nasty uh listeners who wrote you like twenty pages of all the bad things that happened in my life <laughs> and um so like I think what I was actually hoping with this uh, was to get some value out of of the, of a conversation, something that I really haven't been able to have. Uh, unfortunately, over my life, um, s- definitely not with someone that I could actually trust, that I could actually uh, re- think uh, feel that I can rely on in terms of reasoning, of um, capability of judgment, you know. And um, like for instance, the, the I I got free domain radio, and like um, I had lost like faith quote in philosophy. And I must like, thank you for that, because, um, I don't know, I was in this bit of a nihilistic phase, you know, where I had tried to start and, uh, where I, like, I had started to research philosophy and psychology, and I, I entered in academia in psychology, and I, I left because I thought, oh, well, my God, this is bullshit, or this is academic stuff, like, um, like you referred about the state, this intellectual thing. And um, basically, I've been kind of lost uh, in my course in life lately. Right. And I guess that's one of the questions, one of the many questions <laughs> that I wanted to address here. Yeah. And this anxiety. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You're going to say
0: something? Sorry. Well, so um, lost, right? H- how do you know that you're lost? Lost compared to what?
2: Lost compared to what? Compared to what I would
0: like to, I guess. Well, that's not lost, right? That's not getting what you want. Because lost is one of these words that has a lot of emotional impact, but it doesn't usually help people very much. You know, you're lost, man. You're lost in life. It's like, okay, (laughs) PPS, philosophy positioning (laughs) system will help. But how would you know if you were found? I mean, we're not just an amazing grace here right? right how would you know if you were found and how would you say wow i'm so great it's so great that i'm not lost anymore how would i
2: i guess one of the first things that i would find out was um would be um like one career wise but i guess the most important thing in me in that sometimes I try, I forget about, I think it's much more emotional it would be on the intimacy side and um, finding connections with people and stuff like that and <clears throat> for instance one thing that I have tried to pursue in my uh, like in academia and in my course was something that would um, lead me to truth like and I was wondering would I, will I find it in science, will I find it in literature, will I find it in philosophy and I don't know, I seem to have found it in Freedom and radio
0: only <laughs> if you know what i mean, and that okay so when, so hang on, so when you say that you're lost, what you I mean see. is that you do not have you feel like you don't have the truth, you don't have a methodology for the truth or a conclusion called the truth, which is like a firm foundation for you to to grow from or to live from
3: mm hmm
0: um is that right exactly and that and that
2: um um let uh, say and that is as actually- has also to do with having like tools and having tools to read reality and move myself in it, and I feel sometimes that I need to understand stuff to be able to move uh to okay so to... so
0: let's say okay so let's say that you now have a, a a methodology a foundation called the truth and and now does it feel with Philosophy, or I guess the philosophy as we work it here, does it feel like you're still lost? Less so. <laughs> okay, so but, so then I mean, it means that you are now able to be true to yourself, which means you're going to run yeah. into conflict with false people, right? Exactly. And okay,
2: it, so, ha- it already happened before Freedom in Radio, and now it is enhanced. Although, like, because, because I know... Um, the problem with uh, freedom in radio is that uh, uh, the community is, is online. You know, it's not proximate. It's not. You know, it's not. Uh, uh, how can I say?
3: <laughs> it's
2: okay.
0: I think. You, do you get what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out why you're still so tense. Oh. It feels like you're squeezing words out like the last atom of toothpaste from a tube. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. Is it? Um, I mean, what what's going on for you emotionally while we talk?
2: Um, yeah, definitely tension. Um, like trouble having to put. All these feelings and uh, thoughts that go in my mind into actually picking them out—it's uh, a struggle, and it happens in this, like in these situations, to make the bridge between what I think and uh, putting them in, into words. <clears throat> um, especially since, uh, like, uh, English is a bit rusty at the moment. I haven't used it, like, spoken in a while.
0: That's that's. I, I think that's why. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, well, I'll give you just a, a couple of words, which if I understand where you are, Diego, then I'll give you a couple of words and you can let me know if they make sense for where you are in your life. Okay. I mean, I know that you were raised because we have uh, questionnaires now, of course, before uh, callers uh, call in. So you know, verbal abuse and threats, uh, no family love or support. And you had a household member who was depressed or mentally ill or made a suicide attempt. Is that right?
2: Yeah, my mom. Yes. And what was the story I basically, there? Basically, yeah. The story. I basically was living to manage to like manage my mom's emotions. Um. So my mom. Um. Some years ago, she had this surgery, uh, which she didn't need to have. And it's on the ear, on the inner ear, and it causes her sometimes to have these nausea things and this crisis. And um, since then, she like had the depression. And but it's like it's like not very. Um, before that, she uh, problems were already in the house with my parents, always fighting. Um, like it, it can be, it's daily with no conversation if they're not fighting there's there's no conversation there's just this emptiness basically and um in the case of my mom like i was <laughs> i was always like the one empathizing and the one having to take care and she was always complaining about her life and her work and all this and that and and like me in my Feelings for her. I was in this house. I was always. I always had to be the grown-up in certain things. Uh-huh. And in the end, but in in the other way, I feel so like so defend. Um, like I don't have weapons. Like the things that I had to that I learned about how to. About human relations, about knowing yourself, everything I had to do by myself. I, I didn't get anything from these people. Um, like I had to take all the hits by myself, and at the same time, I I feel like I don't have the tools to make it out in life and to fend off by myself. And re- recently, I I like I took a flight. I went to London. I I wanted to leave the home. I wanted to leave the country. I I arrived there at a friend's house, and I w- I was paralyzed. I I mean, and it happens here. For two years, I've been in hi- isolation, and like my brain kind of shuts off, and I enter into this like self numbness in the inducing routines, and <laughs> I. I can't. I can't even. I mean, certain certain basic things for me like seem like impo- not impossible, but so hard. <sighs> I'm sorry if I'm fogging you
0: or something. No, no. This is this is better. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: Um, my mom. My mom would have these behaviors. Like during conversations, she would say things like, um, "One day." what i should do is put a rope around my neck and end all of this shit like she would say stuff like that and not 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 uh not like many times i would if i would hear some kind of silence in the house i would worry and i would go check if she was still alive <laughs> like the the degree to which this kind of stuff but and the thing is that, whenever I talk, and I've talked with with them about this stuff, and with other members of the family, about everything, all the shit that has happened and how it affected me, all they know to say is that it doesn't matter. Like it was between my parents, or that you're too sensitive, or that um, you're just blaming your parents, making excuses, and um, yeah.
0: All, I never forget uh, who was too sorry who was saying that you were wholly um uh, who was saying that you were too sensitive well, my mom says that so your mom said that you were too sensitive
4: mm-hmm like oh, other people have such more they have parents that hate them and they turn out
0: fine
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: this type of stuff yeah actually it's this type of i'm sorry why um, why was she suicidal? Do you think, or why did she? Did she ever kill herself?
2: No, she. She only made the threats, but I mean, you don't do that in front of your children. I mean, she did that frequently. She would say, uh, she would say that ah, one day I I end it all and stuff like that. And hmm. it's it stuck with me like.
0: Right. Because it was manipulative, because she never did kill herself. So she was just pulling the S card, the suicide card, as a way of dominating the emotional space, being the center of attention, being a narcissistic bitch, frankly, Yep. uh, producing the most unholy dysfunction in her children, uh, because um, she was exasperated or she was frustrated. But did she ever talk about why she felt this way? No.
4: It's
2: like... Uh, she says stuff, but then the next second it doesn't matter. Like, um, it's this complete roller coaster
0: of nonsense. And oh, so she'd uh, say, "Sorry, she'd say I want to kill myself," and then a minute later, "Well, it doesn't matter." Yeah, a minute Ooh. later, it,
2: like, yeah, it can be completely she can be laughing like they can be having this most crucial this most brutal discussion and a minute later there's this little because they are both very manipula- manipulative I, I'm, mostly my, my 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 dad but um and so you know you the debate is given and then they are laughing like Nothing happens. Because it's like some people say to me, it's their
4: conception of love. Love is subjective, you know? For them, love can be arriving home and nagging at each other all the time.
2: I get this.
0: Yeah. It's just sad. So they're pretty fucking nuts, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like just nuts and entirely inappropriate, self-absorbed, self-involved, Selfish, yes. um, acting out. No no real sense of how they land on other people. Exactly. Uh,
4: you, you, it, it, doesn't, it shouldn't affect you. It's between
2: me and, and her. Stuff like that. It, it's exactly what you said.
0: And erasing you, right? So anytime you have an issue with this incredibly dysfunctional behavior. Yeah. Anytime. Completely. They would erase your emotions or your experiences, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they do it all the time. And so you can see how empathic people are in this house. Once I was, like, confronting my mother and I was attempting to put it in RTR style. And she was, I was speaking my feelings out. And I was speaking how disappointed I was and stuff like that. And she was, like, seeing old clots and her wedding veil uh, Appeared and she was I was speaking my feelings and she like was putting the veil on and she looked at me After I was speaking and she said Don't I look so pretty? Oh
0: and I looked gosh. at
2: her and,
0: and I left so you were talking to her she was putting on her wedding veil and then saying don't I look so pretty
2: Yes, that was the answer to my complete like Outburst of feelings and stuff
0: Yeah I'm assuming where you are, it's not legal to call it an airstrike on your family. <laughs> uh, no, it is not. That's, I mean, that's just, that's completely insane. Yeah, but everybody
2: tries to mask it as if it's not, that I am where I am in life, it's my fault, and that there are many, much worse parents. You should have had those parents who hit you. You would see. You would see how those parents are. And you would see how good your parents are. And you are just ungrateful. The way you talk about your parents is just disrespectful and arrogant. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I would like to have a chat with your inner mom, if you don't mind.
2: (laughs) Uh, You would like to chat with my mom?
0: yeah your 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 mom your inner mom like your mom because you you slip into her oh. and um mm-hmm. okay so g- give me so if I say let's so you pretend to be your mom I'll pretend to be you and so I would say you know mom i I have some significant issues, big uh, issues i'm'm I'm, I'm sad and I'm angry, frustrated about a lot of things that happened when I was a kid I mean suicide threats um, you and dad fighting all the time uh, and and verbal abuse and threats physical abuse although I know that wasn't spanking and just feeling this loneliness this this lack of connection Uh, and then when I would try to bring issues up just being completely ignored at least that's what my experience was at the time I mean I think it's really time that we talked about this stuff.
4: Again? You're talking about this again? What the fuck? I don't, I don't get what your problem is. I, I don't understand.
0: Well, it's okay if you don't understand. I'm, I'm certainly happy to explain. So are you saying that you have a problem with me bringing up my issues more than once? Like, is, is it that I'm only allowed to bring up any complaints or problems once? Is that right?
2: I don't know what she would do at this at this time. She would start like
0: warping out and saying that she has. And stuff I would to do. say, "Mom, Mom, I need you to I need you to focus. Like, I need your eye contact. I need you to focus uh, on what it is that I'm saying. Because if I can't have a conversation with you, I don't know how we can have a relationship. If I can't have a conversation where you listen to me, I don't know how we can have a relationship. Because look, no,
3: no, you, all you
0: and, the, and your dad know out
4: uh, what. Uh, how you know what to do is to get me nerves, and you know I cannot get nerves, so go away. Go the f- go the fuck away, she would say
0: something like this. Oh, so wait, are you saying that you have problems in that I get nervous? Uh, sorry, you get nervous when I bring up things that are uncomfortable to you, is that right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know what she would say <laughs> at
0: this point. Well, then I would say, well, then how do you think it was for me, mom... When you kept saying you were going to kill yourself, do you think that that might have made me feel just a little bit nervous at times?
4: I was just kidding. It was just a way of, of saying things.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand what it means when you say that's a way of saying things. Like, I, when you no, say, I, when, I'm going to I'm kill nervous. myself, when, I, when, when you say, I'm going to kill myself, and you say it to your child, that's neither a joke nor a way of just saying things. So what was going on?
4: Well, you know, when I get nervous, I I can't think and I say these things.
0: No, but you don't say random things. You say, I'm going to kill myself repeatedly. Do you think that is an appropriate and good parenting thing to say to your child? Tiago, I'm losing my patience with
4: you. If you want to stay in this house, you have to comply. So have got to get the fuck out. I have things to do. I have the, I have the laundry to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do so hang on. So you're saying that when I'm talking to you about some problems I had in our relationship, some problems I still have in our relationship, the laundry is a higher priority for you than listening to me. Is that what you're saying?
2: I don't think she would say yes, but... But yes, it is for her, like the wedding dress and the wedding veil. and
0: Yeah, so like mom, I need, would, you to stop, uh, yeah, I need you to stop playing with things. I need you to put down the wedding veil. I need your eye contact. We actually need to have a conversation. I have some valid complaints about the way that I was raised. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying sure you have to agree with everything, but you need to listen and understand what I'm talking about right? Do you at least agree to try to listen and understand to what I'm talking about?
2: That would never work. I've tried that for too long. Since I was a kid, well, oh, no, but have,
0: Show me how it doesn't work. Show me. What would she say?
2: Uh, I, I can tell you at this point, I would have warped out. And if I didn't, she would have slapped me or
0: something like that. Oh, so it would have escalated to physical violence?
2: Yes, she's she's done it. Once she, once she pushed me against like the bed table, and like the the lamp went to the floor. And because she's she completely gets this thing, and she says she she excuses herself because she says she's a nervous person, and she can't control herself. You see.
0: Oh, she can't control herself. Yeah, she can't control herself. Poor thing. So she's saying that she does not have physical control over her own body? Basically. Yeah. What do the people around you say about your mom?
2: Oh, she's she's perfect. She's great. Poor thing. She has so many problems. She's she's doing the best that she can. Not all parents no parents are perfect. And every parent does uh, what they can with what they know. There is no parenting school, you see.
0: What do you mean there's no parenting school? Of course there are parenting schools. Yeah. That's like saying, well, I'm going to go and hack people up with a scalpel because there's no medical school. Well, of course there's medical schools. You go to school to learn how to be a doctor. Uh, how to be a surgeon, there are tons of parenting schools. There's parenting books, there's parenting classes, there are online parenting classes, in person, in group, individual, tons of parenting schools around. Yeah. I was the one reading
2: parenting books when I was 16 years old, because, you know, my dad is absolutely proud that he has never read a book in his life, besides school books. Like, yeah, I was the one searching and (laughs) trying to fix stuff.
0: But yeah. And what is the status and of your relationship with your parents at the moment? The status is
2: terrible. <sighs> I keep getting this torture, this manipulation. Like I, since I didn't make it out when I left to London, and I came back, like I said to myself, I'm not going to their to their house. So I I was mad, and like I went to a hotel and I st- stood there for some time. And then people are like, "You're crazy. You don't have you don't have a job. You don't have income to sustain yourself." Swallow the toad. I don't know if you use this expression in English, like swallow it and get there and think that you don't hear what they say, stuff like this.
0: Um, yeah. Well, you can't communicate with people when there's a threat of physical violence,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? So. It's, it, there's, there's two things which utterly kill communication. One is leaving the conversation, and the other is verbal, emotional, or physical abuse, right? Yeah. So if you're having a conversation with someone, and that person, let's say your mom, um, mm-hmm. leaves, leaves the conversation, like walks out and slams the door, then there's no possibility of communicating because it's like trying to sell some, something to someone who left the store without buying anything yeah. well they left the store right
3: yeah
0: right and uh, also if there's emotional abuse uh you know you're stupid i can't believe you're talking about this what's the matter with you this is all in the past you're clinging on to things you're holding on to things just you know insults basically um yeah. and then when there is any threat of physical violence hitting slapping throwing and so on so kicking, there's no possibility like, yeah. of communicating with someone like that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was
2: going to mention a kicking, which happened not so long ago, because when I start to say some truths, uh, they don't like it, and the giggling, manipulative faces go away, especially with my dad. And there was this this day where, like, I I said him something like subtly, and he like kicked me in the leg. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I'm, well, yeah, I'm I mean look, old, I
3: so,
0: yeah yeah i I sympathize, I mean, one of the last conversations I ever had with my mom was, um, you know she keeps telling me about legal stuff that never goes anywhere, and and I you know it was just constant, and it would like all she would talk about and and it was she'd never ask me my thoughts or opinions, and I said to her you know, mom, I I just feel like this legal stuff is just taking over anything that we talk about. It's just all we talk about. And it's basically you who does the talking. And I'd just like it if we could talk about other stuff once in a while. And I was really literally, it was like that tone. It was not, I wasn't angry. I was just like Mm -hmm. asserting a tiny preference for not having her monomania topic of conversation. And like she just went to from zero to a hundred in a nanosecond. She was you're screaming at me, throwing things at me. I was in league with the bad people. And, and it's just like, okay, so if I express a tiny little preference, like let's just break up this monologue of yours once in a while and talk about something else. I didn't say we had to talk about even me or my stuff. Yeah, But um, uh, I recognized that a torrent of verbal abuse and physical threats in terms of throwing stuff escalated almost immediately from merely expressing a preference about maybe widening her topic or our topics of conversation from her talking about one thing. And yeah, yeah, so so it became pretty clear to me after that, that, okay, well, if I can't express any preferences in this relationship, then it's not a relationship. I'm like a, a talking hole that my mom vomits into. You know, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't need to. I could be like she, I could be a hand puppet. Like I don't need to be here. If I can't express any, even the tiniest preference in this relationship, let me express another preference, which is to not have this relationship.
2: Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I would much rather. I would much prefer not not to be in contact with, essentially, my abusers. Right. I would much prefer. So why to are you? because i'm afraid that if i if i leave and i start i don't have like i don't have the tools at this point to make it out by myself and not be stuck in this low wage job life routine why why how do you know well i don't for instance if i, w- I wanted to make if i wanted to make a business of my own like what I don't know. What will I put a value? Oh, no, no, no. Come on. Market? Come on. No,
0: no, no. Hang on. Hang on, Tiago. So low, low wage jobs are fine. You know, my, my, brother and I kicked my mom out when I was 15. I was working three low wage jobs. I mean, you can make it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm but the idea that it's now. like, well, if I don't, if I can't start my own business, then I'm stuck here. I mean, I think that's unrealistic. Right.
2: Right. Is this that I, I see all these people my age. They are in college, and they are going to have their lives kind of sorted or something.
0: And I'm. Oh, you, wait! Hang on. You're saying the people in college are going to have this great time. Yeah,
2: they're. <laughs> well, they are gonna have
0: a better job if if it is. Uh... No, listen. You're you're paralyzing yourself. I... You're paralyzing yourself because you're saying, I can't. Go on my own. I can't go my own way because, well, there are people going to college. They're going to have a great life. I'm going to stuck in these low rent jobs. I can't start my own business. Right. right. I'm going to assume that you're a young guy, right?
2: Yes, I'm 20. Yeah.
0: Okay. You don't know what opportunities are out there. But let me tell you something. I crawled my way up to the middle class from a single mom, welfare, rent-controlled shitbox of a childhood, right? So I, I too, to some degree, know whereof I speak. We were broke, man. We were so broke, it was ridiculous. We got eviction notices uh, regularly. We didn't have food. I had to eat food that had gone off. Um, I had to hang around friends' places to try and get meals without actually asking for them. I, um, uh, every dollar that I made, barely any of it went into fun stuff. I did inherit a thousand bucks from my grandmother once, which I turned and bought a computer, which I learned had a program, which turned into a great investment, that thousand yeah. dollar computer and 20 grand in therapy were the best investments of my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah. um, yeah, broke, broke, like no money, like can't cough up seven bucks to join a swim team. Like no money. Uh, the ice cream truck comes. I'm checking under the couch just to see if I can have any food. Hungry, um, just broke, mm. and I worked crappy jobs and uh, low rent jobs. I was a I was a dishwasher. I was a waiter. I cleaned offices. I had a paper route. I, you know, just did. I worked in a bookstore. I just I just did what I had to do. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. There's this great secret in life,
3: mm.
0: which is that. If you're competent, mm-hmm. the world is your oyster. If you're competent, people will grab you from the crowd and pull you up on stage like Courtney Cox in a <laughs> Bruce Springsteen video, right? If you're competent, if you focus on just being really good at what you do and learning, I learned a lot about customer service from being a waiter. Yeah. I learned a lot about music and listened to some great audio books while I was cleaning offices, <laughs> learned a lot about uh, culture. I listened to plays. I just listened to, uh, to audiobooks books uh, when I cleaned uh, offices. There's uh, every job I tried to learn something from. Uh, I wrote plays. I wrote novels. I wrote poems while I was doing all these low rent jobs. I continued to work at being good at what I did. And that way I got good references for the next job. And I took risks. I took a job programming cobol 74 computers on a tandem operating system which i'd never even heard of or done before uh, in a trading floor organization a stock trading organization a bond trading organization that i knew nothing about other than just some general economic stuff mm-hmm. if you are focus if you just focus on being competent you can start sweeping the floors and end up owning the penthouse you don't know where you can go If you just focus on being good, providing value to customers, providing value to your employer, right? Being worth something. You know, I remember when I worked in a hardware store, first time I worked in a hardware store, I didn't know what to do So I walked around cleaning, you know, just, oh, I'll I'll clean this area. Oh, there's dust under here. I'll clean under there, right? The guy let me do it for a couple of hours. And then he's like, dude, I'm paying you. Do something that covers your wages. Do something that makes me some money. Mm, and i got it i'm like okay i will and i actually lied to this guy he's like do you know how to fix screen doors i'm like yep (laughs) right and then he's like go fix some screen doors i'm like uh can you just remind me anyway so how long did it take to learn how to fix a screen door like 10 minutes right so yeah if you simply focus on providing value be open to learn things provide value and, um, you know, I mean, I remember um, and I worked in another hardware store. Uh, I would work, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursday nights, 530 to 930 and Saturday, 10 to 6. And then occasionally Sundays we'd do inventory, which was a time and a half. But, um, yeah, some guy left his wallet full of money. I took, took it to the manager and said, this wallet is you know full of money. You know, call the guy or whatever. Right? The guy came in, was super grateful and all that. And since then, like from then, I got to take all the money to the bank that the hardware store made that day because the he, the guy knew I was honest. He knew I wasn't going to take twenty bucks out and put it in my pocket because this is back when I was making two dollars and fifty cents an hour. Um, right. And when I was in boarding school, uh, I lost a, a, a nice pen, and so they said, "Oh, we found a nice pen." And I went and saw it. And I said, "Oh, that's not mine." I said, "Oh, like that's really honest, right?" And and you get this positive reputation for honesty, for integrity, and you you wouldn't believe, like until you run a business of your own, you literally won't believe how rare competent people are, enthusiastic, competent, eager to learn. You just keep adding to your human capital at all times. I don't mean obsessively like you can't rest or, you know, never boot up Skyrim when there's the New York Times to be read. But I'm talking about get a reputation for competence, for integrity, for interest in the business, for enthusiasm for what you're doing. Develop a love of the customers who pay your bills, Mm -hmm. except for those who leave 50-cent tips. (laughs) But, But... If you go and literally you can start as a dishwasher, you can own a restaurant chain and you can do that relatively quickly. You just have to be really competent and learn everyone else's job. Talk to the manager, find out what he knows, find out what the business priorities are and just keep working on that. You don't know where you can go. Listen, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: what do I what have I done that has made money in my life? I, I worked in business and I worked in software. Uh, I was a programmer. I was a, a director of marketing. Uh, I was a, a sales guy. I never took a business course. I never took a sales course. I never took a marketing course. So education, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. If you're smart, you educate yourself and you save the employer all that yeah, money. And you agree. learn on the job, which is much more profitable because you get paid to learn rather than ending up in debt. Yeah, I, and what I else agree. have I done? I agree. that. Yeah, I, what I, else have I done? Well, I've, I do this media stuff. I mean, the the podcasting, which I started in 2006. And uh, who taught me that? You, well, nobody taught you, me that. You, yourself. Nobody taught me uh, how to do shows. Nobody taught me how to do philosophy shows. Nobody taught me how to, uh, what did I know about? I mean, I'm a database coder and, and a UI coder. What on earth do I know about Processing WAV files and <laughs> creating MP3s and and writing XML scripts and creating websites and I mean, but you just you just do it, you just you muscle through and you do it. I remember the first time, uh, this is way back in the day. I needed to open up a database record, uh, save something, uh, read a value, change it and save it. It took me nine hours. Nine hours I was sitting there because this is when online help was non-existent and there was oh, no yeah. type-ahead drop-downs. Just learning how to do it took forever. It took forever. Nine hours. I remember that dis- distinctly. And uh, so all the things that people are really good at, they become usually very good at it without education or sometimes even despite education. One of the guys uh, who I hired, who was one of the worst employees I ever had, had two PhDs. Yeah. Another, guy, another guy I worked with had a PhD from Harvard and he was terrible. Yep. It was terrible. Now, some of the guys I who had like a one or two year college degree were fantastic because the college degree was an expression of their passion that had started at the age of eight when they took apart their Xbox or whatever. Right. And so don't think that there's some escalator up to the top, right? Mm-hmm. You can drop. Look, I mean, let me give you another example. You, you can drop a competent person any, anywhere and they would rise to the top. I would have been an excellent apparatchik in the Communist Party uh, if I'd had the misfortune to be born in Russia back in the day. Um, I, I, right. Do you know that the quality of the school that a person goes to has zero impact on their long-term success? Let me say that again. Yeah. The quality of a school a child goes to has zero impact on where they end up in life. Go to a crappy inner city school, go to a $35,000 a year top of the line private school. It has zero impact on where someone ends up in life. Do I have a PhD in philosophy? No, I'm doing philosophy. Right? Have I taken uh, media relations or journalism or broadcasting? No. Yeah fuck learning it, do it and learn that way. You don't know what is out there if you simply focus on being competent and capable. Uh, Woody Allen said 99% of success is showing up. Right. And that has a lot to do with it. You show up and you do your best and you don't know where that's going to take you. But almost without a doubt, if you've got the intelligence to listen to this show and you work your old Protestant ass muscle of infinite clenching up the slippery grease pole of success there is absolutely nothing and nowhere that you can't get to the only limits are those we set for ourselves once we're adults
2: sorry go ahead would you say that this is more motivational than actually about what i know or what i left because i feel i feel that if i'm where i am at this point it's not out of nothing um and also I've been clinging to that idea of some vocational thing, like would you say there's, people have this vocation, I've been trying to understand if I, what's my talent or what, what is my in that line of of thought, because I also don't, I agree completely with you about academia, I had my suspicions from experience and then when I heard your podcasts, I got that kind of confirmed and, but you know if you get even if in if you if you want to get a job people they say on the job descriptions a degree in blah 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 like i don't i think that's completely ridiculous
0: but no no not all of them not all of them say you need a degree in blah 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 right okay <laughs> like most say
2: <laughs>
0: yeah no 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 you're you're looking in the wrong places then you're looking for white collar jobs in large companies where they need degrees to cover their asses, right? Mm, right. So small company. Right. I mean, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong place. And, and look, go be, look, go be a waiter. Go, go do anything. It, you don't have to, like at 20, you don't have to launch into, well, this is the career that's going to take me through retirement. I mean, God almighty, no. Be a waiter and chat to your customers. I'm working, I'm working at a call center now in sales. Okay, fine. I did that, too. I I call centered. I did call center for uh, political interviews where I got to realize just how bullshit political interviews are. (laughs) I also did a call center for uh, calling people up who had not paid their gas bills, (laughs) just to show up and and work and get used to working. And um, I remember missing a bus once to get to a job. I ran like sprinted for 45 minutes to get there on time because I missed a bus. And I remember um, one guy, before I was going to go do my master's. Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I'd forgotten about this. So um, I I put an ad in the paper and um, it was, you know, listing my skills and abilities. And uh, so a couple of people called. One guy called me and was very interested in having me um, apprentice to take over his um, courier business. He had a courier business. And uh, I was really tempted because, you know, we got along well and um, I sort of talked about my philosophy of business and he took me around to see. And I had no car. It took me like a, almost two, two hours on buses to get to where he was and walking. I just didn't want to tell him I didn't have a car, right? And um, a nice guy, uh, he had sons, so I really grilled him on why his sons weren't taking over the business or whatever. In the end, uh, I ended up not, um, not doing it because I wanted to go do my master's. And um it's not a regret or anything like that, but the reason that I was able to um I, I'd written a whole bunch of business essays just for fun. Just, you know, what are my thoughts about business? I worked in a bunch of places as a temp, uh, you know, basically typist and, and graphics guy, like like PageMaker 5 and stuff like that. And um so I just had, and I knew, I'd read a lot about economics. So I had some idea of intelligent questions to ask. I mean, you pursue your passions, you work and you talk to people. Uh, I, I got business opportunities when I was a waiter because I would talk to customers. Right. And you, you, you never know where things are going to go. If you find something that you're passionate about, just keep studying that. Who knows when that's going to make you your money, right? Like now I make an income off, you know, history and philosophy and self-knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I studied that stuff for twenty years before, you know, the the ching of the first donation, which was I think eight dollars, <laughs> landed in my inbox, right? right. So for um, that, for, for that you just need to uh, keep keep focusing on what you're passionate about and keep talking to people about what you're passionate about. Sorry, go ahead. Like for that explorative, for that go get it uh, attitude, it's
2: like, I don't know, how, did you feel like that you had the strength, that you had the skills to deal with people, to to select uh, to filter stuff, um, because I don't know. Some the problem is that like sometimes no,
0: no, no, no. I didn't. <laughs> I remember uh, giving a. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I. I this, these are examples. Hopefully that they'll help you. So I was working at this trading company doing Cobol programming, while on the side I was building um, with my partner the business that I eventually ran uh, with him and, and another fellow for. I don't know, seven or eight or nine years. I can't remember exactly now. And um, so we had a a presentation uh, and I said, you've got to make it at lunch because I'm working at this place and whatever. And so I I went to lunch and I was giving a presentation at a big bank. And I felt, I mean, I felt like a complete fraud. I went from like junior programmer to attempting to sell a big environmental management system to a large bank. And then I was going back to junior programmer. And this meeting just went on and on. And so many questions. And I was really sweating buckets because... I'm a pretty conscientious worker. And I was like, I got to get back at hourly. Like if you're not there when you're a waiter, I mean, the, the restaurant is a hugely in problems, right? The massive problems. Right. Uh, and you just get fired. So I would get you know, used to these kinds of things. You, you don't show up, you're fired. And I was like, uh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm taking a two and a half hour lunch. I got to get back to work on COBOL programming. And, you know, I went back and nobody cared because, <laughs> you know, it was a different, but it's, Stressful. I mean, you you, you know, I, I tell you this. As I'm up there presenting to this bank. It was one of my first ever presentations I'm presenting to the bank. And uh, I'm gesturing at things that being projected on an old six forty by four eighty VGA projector that's about the size of a small Sherman tank and he overheated about as much as leaving it in the desert sun. And I'm gesturing and I'm sitting there blah, blah blah, and then they start asking me all these questions, right? And I, I, I had no idea whether I'm supposed to stay standing. Up, with this light shining in my face and text on my face, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to stay standing or go and sit down. Like no idea. I don't know I... And finally, you know, a guy I'm doing the meeting with. He writes, "Sit down," and pushes it across in a piece of paper to me so I could read it because I didn't know. I mean, the whole planet for me when I became an adult was like being airlifted to Japan in the 18th century. Like I just no idea what's going on. Right? I didn't know any of these human. <laughs> habits and contexts mm, and all this yeah. kind of stuff so yeah there's lots of that stuff there's lots of uh, screw your courage to the sticking place and, and just make it work and most times it does sometimes it doesn't but um yeah go um go make it work i had i had a couple of meetings where i was invited to come down for a presentation i had one meeting i was invited to come down for a presentation and the whole senior executive board um sat down I'm at one end of the conference table and there's literally like eight men and women very powerful business people and they're grilling me because they have notes about what the salesman promised them and what we were actually delivering i had no idea uh, it was a quite an alarming experience they were like well he promised this where's this and this is you know he's your representative and you're the guy who's actually delivering so you tell me what's going on and stuff like that um I had a, uh, a I was defending R&D tax credits at another company that we came in and the, the most times it was pretty easy this came in and just grilled me about how this was actually research and development and not just coding and this and that and the other it is really um exciting uh, you get some combative um uh, conversations in business you you get jerks in business and sometimes you get jerks who have legitimate complaints which is always a real <laughs> challenge and it's um it's hard. You know, a lot of it is is hard. You know, I I do to some degree envy the people like Bill Gates whose dad was an IP lawyer who teaches him all about business who he calls up while he's negotiating with IBM about MS-DOS. But um Yeah, which that. But you know, I get a kind of pride that uh, dealt by yourself. He doesn't a friend of mine. Yeah, a friend of mine his his father uh is is now dead, sadly, but his father was um uh head of uh, the engineering department at a major canadian university this guy wanted to go pursue a phd well he's got a live-in guy who got a phd and became an academic you know does that smooth the way a little bit for him to get what he wants you know otherwise it's like ah, uh, who do i talk to how do i get it done yes, who knows right exactly so exactly yeah yeah it's it's it's
2: exactly it's weird for me because like I understand that it, it's not about having a degree or stuff like that. For instance, even though you do realize that you are, you you made you took a master's degree for some reason, yeah. So I, I get this, yeah, it's a bit uh, ironic almost. So it's it leaves me a bit confused to be
0: honest. Oh, you mean like because I took a, a master's yeah, degree? Yeah. Why, why the hell? Well, did first you of go? all, I mean I I. Yeah, I applied for the master's, I mean, partly because there was just this unbelievable recession going on back in back in the day. And um, so I, I wanted to apply just because I didn't know what was going to happen with, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll, you know, work or whatever. Uh, and uh, there was just nothing, like I, I couldn't get any jobs at all. Uh, and so for me, um, I mean, the master's, it was, not, it, was, you know, it was my best time in university, basically. I didn't have to take a lot of classes. I got to write lots of papers, uh, and uh, I met some really smart people. I had great conversations with them. Um, but uh, I, you know, if I only had a high school education, then I'm sure some people would use that to say, oh, well, he's only got a high school education, and therefore I'm not going to take his argument seriously. But, you know, frankly, fuck people like that. You know, I I had a guy, one of the best presenters I ever um, heard was a guy who worked uh, at an airport who hadn't even finished grade 12. I think he dropped out of grade 11. And, you know, he did make jokes about it. He said, now I give you all of this information unburdened by the heavy mantle of higher education or even lower education and all that. But he was incredibly competent, incredibly knowledgeable, and a great communicator because I guess he'd spent time working on that stuff and learning about stuff rather than going to school for it. Uh, And um, uh, going to school, um, I mean, it had some benefits, it had some minuses. Basically, the only value that I got out of that master's degree was what I walked in to the school with, which was my passion and commitment for learning and for reasoning and for researching. And uh, I don't remember anything that came out of any of my class. If you ask me now, I took full year courses on, on medieval economics, I took full year courses on the Second World War, on the Protestant Reformation. I can maybe remember three or four things that have any value whatsoever out of three different Ivy League universities and five years, seven years if you count theater school, Seven years of higher education. And so, you know, if I had to do it over again, it's hard to say. I mean, I learned a hell of a lot more about philosophy doing this show than I ever would have sitting in a library. Because then I don't talk about it and I'm not doing it. I'm just reading about it and writing about it. Exactly. And if it's here, it's so, here, it's I mean, mean but, but the reality is that nothing, you're not calling me up because I have a degree, right? You're calling yep. me up because you think I have, hopefully have something of value to that say to sense. you about how to get what you want in life and i don't think there's anyone who agrees or disagrees with me because i have or don't have a degree and if they do disagree or agree with me because i do or don't have a degree yeah. then they don't understand philosophy you know it's like the people who say well i don't agree with everything steph says but maybe 70 to 80 percent and bloody blah, bloody blah, blah, blah right right Is, it's like you don't understand philosophy if, if you speak like that you do not understand philosophy Because you can say, well, Steph has made good arguments here. His arguments are faulty here, right? The evidence holds up here. The evidence goes against him here. But just saying, well, I agree with a lot of Steph says, but I'm going to retain a quarter, 25% for illusory independence. (laughs) Yeah, I only listened to Steph for his degree in theater, right? (laughs) Someone in the chat room. Yeah, and I mean, degree in theater has been hugely helpful. You know, all that improv, which I use in the role plays and, and some of my spontaneous jokes and all that. I mean, it's... And all all the the presentations I did in the business world have been very helpful in public speaking and all that kind of stuff. So um, so I'm just sort of pointing out that you are a very young guy to be raising spears against your own thundering future horses, right? Like you know how when when you've got an infantry and then you've got these horses, you, you raise these spears, these giant spears at about 30 or 35 degrees and then they run into the horse's chest if the horse, right? Well, you got a future that you can thunder towards and it feels like you're jumping ahead of yourself and raising these spears to slow down or kill your passage, right? Right.
2: I, I just wonder, you know, when you say surround yourself why, like with, with the right people, you know, with, find your tribe. I just wonder if everything would have been easier if if I had that. If, because sometimes, you know, I even though like I'm conscious of what I need to do what, what I need to go learn what I need to go get I feel this emotional vacuum and this
0: heaviness and I, I just... no 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 you do not feel your own emotional vacuum diego whose emotional vacuum are you My really parents feeling is... exactly exactly
2: I just feel empty sometimes and and
0: Well, look, it's going to be it's going to be very tough for your parents if you have a life of success and intimacy and happiness. Right. 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 How are they going to feel if. I mean, I can only assume they had terrible childhoods, which is not causal. Right. Everybody says, well, this happened because of the terrible childhood. Bullshit. Mm Bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, that that's deterministic, right? Yeah, and I've, and I've been but, there, oh, my mom, but she had her her mom was like this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, I, I feel a lot of sympathy for that. I, right. I really do. I feel a lot of sympathy for people who were punched as children exactly until the point they start punching others. Then my sympathy uh, evaporates. But anyway... Um so yeah they had a bad life and a lot of people because there's this trope about bad childhoods they use it as an excuse they use their wounded hurt inner child as an excuse to hurt others which is what kills their inner child right the, the, the wounded inner child is not something that you use as a smoke bomb under which to commit murder right you don't use it as as like squid ink with which to chew off people's legs, right? right? You, you don't use it as a cover for immorality. You don't use your hurt past as uh, a lowering of standards for yourself mm-hmm. and a justification Definitely. for the harm you do to others, because that is to turn your pain into sadism, which is to kill any chance of recovery. So, so with your Uh, parents yeah they had a but they made a choice right And they said well my childhood was terrible at some point at some level they said my childhood is terrible so i you know i'm just going to indulge myself in bad behavior and i'm then rather than deal with any of the difficulties of people having problems with me i'm just going to wish away their issues right and um, when people when people give up on their power when people give up on their authority when people give up on their efficacy when they give up on their responsibility, which is really all one and the same, then what happens is they end up powerless, right? Powerless. If you make excuses for yourself and you wish away the problems people have with you, yes. then you end up as a powerless human being. Now, powerless human beings usually end up exercising brutal power over those who, those who can't get away, Right. Adulthood is the free market, childhood is communist right because you 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 can't get away, you can't escape right i mean if there's a shitty restaurant, you just don't go eat there, but it's if a shitty restaurant you're forced at gunpoint to eat, they don't care, and you so you know you can put stuff in the suggestion box, but unless the guy has some weird conscientious streak, he doesn't care he's just going to give you the basic sloppy can ands
2: like so feel that maybe I'm weak, you know like could I if Maybe I should be able to deal with it, like I should be able to stay in their house and like get some more
0: stability or something and um <laughs> oh man, oh no, no no no, 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 there is no weakness like there's no weakness as great as false strength oh. so look let's say, and I made this analogy last show, but let's say that um you were born your mom was a heroin addict, you were born addicted to heroin, and they put heroin in every single one of your meals until you're about 20, yeah. right? And then you decide not to be a heroin addict. And you're, you didn't choose to be a heroin addict. That's just that's what right. they fed you and what, what was in your mom's veins when you were growing. Now, when you are recovering from an addiction, exactly, you cannot be around yeah. addicts. This is not my argument. This is not my approach. This is, as far as I understand it, about as common a set of wisdom in the addiction world that you can imagine. So if you are a recovering heroin addict, you cannot go and hang around a whole bunch of people shooting up heroin, right? Right. And it makes absolute every sense because
2: it doesn't matter how conscious I am of stuff. When I am in the situation, I end up falling to the same uh, shit and manipulation. And it's just uh, like they're...
0: Well, I don't understand what you're saying.
2: Like, you're right. It's the (laughs) addiction. That analogy is perfect. When I, even if I try.
0: Oh, when you're around them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, when you're around, if you're an alcoholic and you've been an alcoholic for 20 years, if you go hang around a bunch of alcoholics, you're going to drink, right? The whole point is prevention, right? You you can't be around these people, especially because they, and all the things I'm talking about are way easier to quit than emotional addictions. Yes. Because there's, physical and obvious and immediately detrimental to your health and so on. I just feel like so maybe I'm terrible.
2: Like I should be able to manage my emotions better. And to, like if I can't do that here, how will I do it outside
0: with other people? It, no, no, no. Listen, listen, Diego, if you were able to be around your parents and not act as if you had grown up with them, okay. you would be insane. Right. Listen, it would be like me saying, Diego, stop understanding and being able to speak English. Can you do that? Can I speak to you a sentence and have you not understand it? Right. Because you know the language. You cannot be around it and not process it and not understand it.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. I just don't know.
0: No, and it, it would be like, it would be an incredibly, if you could be around your parents and not feel anything, you'd be like psychotic. Like you'd be a complete psychopath in my amateur opinion because it would mean that you had no history, no connection with your feelings, no call and answer response to your environment. You would be completely psychotic. And, and. It's, it's incredibly healthy that you can't be around your parents without falling into those patterns. It means that you actually are, can have a connection to your yeah. environment. And and have a response to what happens around you. The and, sad thing is right. that
2: if we were talking three years ago, I would be so repressed in my, I would be so out of touch with my feelings. So in this uh, robotic state of being, of it's just sad. Yeah, I I don't I don't I right. don't even know what would would be of me if I hadn't
0: found you, you basically.
2: Um,
0: well, I appreciate that. I mean, it means a lot to me that, that you say that. I really, really appreciate that. And I'm glad that the show is really helping you with that. And I really want to express there is a kind of merry horror to your depiction of your mother that is incredibly disturbing. There, you know, the word creepy is often overused. But dude, man, your mom is seriously fucking creepy. The, the the worst about all this is that, like, I loved her. Like, it's this
2: terrible victim uh, loving the abuser thing, and I I felt pity, Oh, poor thing, like. And I, I engulfed myself, and I, uh, how do I say, I. I disappeared even more, like, oh.
0: and I lost. And but I, you had I lost, to I lost, yeah. no listen listen you had to because your mother can only live with ghosts who obey her whims yeah
2: right same with my par- my dad it's, it's,
0: your mother cannot exist with independent critical thinkers who have their own emotional yeah. life
3: yeah they're both so like
0: yes children will do anything to survive Children will do anything to survive. And the price of survival varies in families. Right. Mm, In my family, there's a reward for survival, right? There's a reward for emotional self-expression and disagreement and debate and all that kind of stuff, right? But in your family, I'm incredibly sorry to say, in your family, the price... Of survival was suicide oh my God, for you, yeah. right? Exactly. I'm on. I'm only allowed to. And people who say that they thing. no people people who say people who say that they are capable of killing themselves are also saying that they're capable of murdering others, because they're capable of taking a life. And how can someone else's life mean more to you than your own life, unless it's an extremity like your child is being attacked by a bear or something. And so what Scheingold calls soul murder is when to manifest a preference in a relationship is to be savagely attacked. And it's painful enough as an adult to have that happen. Yes. And when I did it with my mom, when I expressed a preference, and I, I mentioned it before on the show too, another time I did it where it's where we were at a pizza hut, one I actually worked at and uh, having some food. And I said... Uh, you know, she's going on and on about all this health, medical, run. and I'm like, you know, mom, it's really stressful. You should read a book or two about stress to try and help you manage some of the stress that you're having from all these health issues and blah. I mean, I didn't believe the health issues, but, you know, uh, again, she's screaming. She ended up throwing a pitcher of, of ice water at me, and it's like, so then to, to have any preference is to be attacked. And this was tough enough as an adult. As a child, this was impossible. I could not do it when I was 4 or 3 or 8 or 10 or 12. Same with me. Because you simply, you can't survive without your yes. parents. And there's no fundamental addiction like the child's addiction to retaining the parent's interest, whether it's positive or negative, right? Right. Yeah, exactly the same with me. And so, for for you, existence was slaughter. Yeah. Preference was murder. Life was death. I was only
2: allowed to think and express that wish they wanted. And
0: right, and and that's not thinking not at all. That's merely echoing. That's how. Yeah, that's how
2: I surprise how how I even retain minimal critical thinking. Skills, I I, I I don't know how, really, after all this shit. And that's heroic.
0: But then the block in your head towards becoming who you are is your mom's block, right? Her her. It's like a, with my mom, it always felt like a kind of a sword fighting contest wherein she could call in an airstrike and I had a toothpick. <laughs> But there was like, I'm going to try and exist over here. Whoop, got to block exactly. that. Or maybe I can try and exist over yeah. here. Oh, block Same. that, right? I mean, I would go and climb tree houses and I would spend like all evening reading comic books or writing stories in a tree house. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I remember my brother and I wandering the streets. We just I couldn't go home because my mom was in one of those moods. And and I remember us literally, we, we, we were so thirsty and this is, we we, we had to, we there was a sp- the spring somewhere in the woods near our house. And we spent like an hour trying to find it because we were so thirsty. And we, we drank down and ate like deer from the stream in the woods. I did stupid, crazy stuff. I would go down and play on the train tracks. On the train tracks. Well, think, a completely insane yeah. thing to do. When I was like 11 or 12 years old, my friends and I, we would, we would race across giant trestle bridge, bridges a 1,000 feet above a rocky river mm-hmm. oh at nighttime god, oh and if a train came i mean, god i mean it happened one time i almost fell down the tracks <laughs> like oh the wheels thundered by like 10 inches from my face Damn. i mean stupid insane yeah. shit because i just didn't yeah. want to go home
2: yeah. i never wanted to go home never <laughs>
0: right so there's this i if i exist i am blocked If I want, I am blocked. If I try to will my ghostliness into muscle, flesh, balls, and penis, I am blocked. And that is going to be part of your psyche. That is your survival mechanism, right? To live is to die. To think is to be attacked. To exist is to be struck. To will is to be destroyed, right? So all of that makes you a perfect slave if you're adult it is to be a slave and then you get pushed out into the remnants of the free market and it's like, okay, well now you can't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Right? So 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 you have to transition. Now we do have neuroplasticity. We can change. We can transition. But whenever you start to will something for your life that's for you, you're gonna feel this heaviness and this what's yeah. the point? And you know, it doesn't yeah. matter and this nihil that's all your mom just blocking your existence. And you internalized your mom to survive your mom. Yes. Right. You inhale the ghost to kill the ghost. It doesn't die. Right. I mean, but but you you become you, you internalize the abusers because it's safer to hit yourself than to be hit by others. Right.
2: Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah, this is what you were saying. makes so much sense. If I say, hey, Dad, you, do you know that some people who don't have a degree have are successful entrepreneurs? What the fuck? And who do you think you are? You, what, do you know to, what do you know to do? You, you can't do anything. What are you going to do without a degree? Without a degree, you are nothing. Would,
0: yes. Wow. He, uh, he's got a lot of opinions for a guy who's never read a fucking book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He usually, Does he run his oh, own business? Is he yeah. an entrepreneur?
2: You know what he usually says to me? He loves saying this to me. He's, You don't know a fucking shit about reality. You don't, you don't know anything about reality. And I, what I think right. is, I wonder why. Yeah,
0: so, so maybe you could make, yeah, maybe, you know, in time, Diego, you could make as great a decisions, a greater set of decisions as your dad did, say, in marrying your mom. Because people like that, um, I, I, I don't care what people say. I, I mean, I care what you say, right? But I mean, in general, when and, I'm evaluating people, I don't care what they say. I just want to look at what they do. And so, like some guy who married a nine pounds of creep in a six ounce bag cupcake from hell like your mom, what the hell credibility is he going to have with anyone? I married this woman. You need to listen to me. Actually, I need to listen to you only to do the opposite, right? I mean, this is, you know, my mom, and it's sort of funny, like, how many people say, "Oh, that Steph, he has mommy issues." Like, <laughs> like this is some, some sort of problem within me that I just, you know, I guess I'm just neurotic about my mom. You know, we don't we don't say about women who got gang raped, oh, they just have rapist <laughs> issues. Right. You know, they're just resentful towards rapists. You know, they just they just can't get along with rapists. They have rapist yeah. issues. It's like, well, no, see, this is just a man's heart. So what yeah, the fuck exactly. does it matter unless it's exactly. going to go out there and defend you against a goddamn yeah. bear or go get some soup for your children, right? So. With um No, did I remember what I was gonna say? I think I went on one too many Yeah. One too many tangents. But it was important, so I'm sure it will uh, it will come back. But uh You were talking uh, about Tell me what you how, think right, Oh Right yeah. how people ahead. um Oh yeah sorry, I remember. I'm just asking okay, I remember now. Okay. So my mom was a fantastic like, you know, if you're a photographer, back in the old days, you have to develop these photog- photographs. They came out as negatives, and then you developed them into pictures. Now, if you're really good, as a photographer, you could hold up the negatives. And you can still see what these look like. You can have black and white reverse images on most cell phone cameras. You could hold up the negatives to the light. A friend of mine did photography as a teenager, and he showed me all this stuff. You can hold up a, a, a negative to the light, and you can see in your mind's eye exactly how the camera, how the picture is going to turn out. So you take a bunch of pictures, and you, right, you find the right one, and you develop it and all that. Right. Well, my mom was like a perfect negative, right? Because I got to see, like if your parents are a chain smoker and they die of lung cancer when they're 50, you're like, shit, I, uh, I really shouldn't smoke, right? I mean, and my mom was this is fantastic example of like, oh, okay, so that's what happens if you deny responsibility and simply get angry at everyone who attacks you or everyone who criticizes you, anyone who questions you, or anyone who has any kind of problem with you. Actually, angry with attacking, he was okay. But, but so I, I really got to see, oh, this is what happens if you just rely on your looks. Oh, this is what happens if you're aggressive and violent towards your children. Oh, this is what happens if you can never admit that you're wrong. Oh, this is what happens when you're verbally abusive. Oh, this is what happens when you always, always, always think that you're in the right and fight incredibly dirty whenever criticized. And for that, it was like a fantastic example. And I, I've been saying this ever since I was a teenager, that my mom is like a great example of, don't do any of this because it's really, really, really unpleasant uh, how it turns out. And it really is. Uh, it really is unpleasant how it turns out. So, um, so you can get that, right? Right. And so you can be the recoil from the gun that shot your younger self, right? In other words, you can say, oh, this is what happens when you're creepy and manipulative. Oh, this is what happens when you claim knowledge you don't have. Oh, this is what happens when you're abusive. This is what happens when you kick. This is what happens when you play around with a veil like some retarded adult Barbie when someone's trying to talk to you about something important, right? Oh, this is what happens when you're an asshole. Okay, I'm not going to do that, right? Like, when you're a kid, when you see an adult who's drunk, you're like, oh, that's what happens when you're drunk. Well, that's horrible. (laughs) So I don't think I'll be doing that. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to do
2: the same shit at all, definitely. I don't want to. I just wonder if I can correct the damage, basically.
0: If I... So, basically, so, Tiago, what you're telling me is after we've been talking for, what, an hour and 20 minutes, you're right back yes. where we started. Exactly. Okay. Sorry. So, what the hell is the point Sorry. of this conversation, then? Yeah, you're right. It's ridiculous. No, you're, just, you're pumping me all this helplessness, right?
2: <sighs> yeah, you're, you're right.
0: Well, I'm pumping it right back. It's your choice. You want to fix it? It's fixed. You don't want to fix it? It's not fixed. But throwing up your hands and saying, well, but how could I possibly repair all this damage? Make the fucking choice. Do it. Okay. You're right. Sorry. You're right. I mean, I mean tell me. Well, tell me where I'm wrong here. But don't just give me this, like, mommy fell on my balls and broke them. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, do it or don't do it. But don't throw your hands up and say, but how do I, you know, just go and make commitments, follow your passions and live, right? But don't give me this helplessness fog, like after I've been pumping right. heart and soul into trying to get Definitely. you off your ass. for now. Oh, I can't get off my ass, right? Come on. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, Sorry. You're absolutely right. I mean, no, you haven't, you haven't had a man probably in your life who's <laughs> been able to just, yeah, this, this, this helplessness stuff. You, you can do it if you want, but you know exactly where this leads, right? Your mom was helpless, helpless. She can't control herself. She's helpless. She just says stuff. She doesn't mean it. It's just a joke. She's helpless. She can't control her body. She hits you. She's helpless. She's emotional. She's tense. She's helpless. You tell me where that helplessness leads. Right? I get it. Is that oh. what you want? Well, you know exactly. You, of all people in the known universe, Diego, know exactly where that helplessness leads. So if you end up there... I have huge sympathy for you as a child, but if you end up there as an adult, you are absolutely completely and totally responsible and more responsible than most because you have the exact life story and life experience, 20 years of experience with these jerks, knowing exactly where that helplessness and aggression leads. So if you feed me that helplessness, you're doing it at least in the future with the full knowledge of where it leads, right? Absolutely. That's why that's why guys love The Godfather so much. Have you ever seen that movie? Okay, you got to watch that movie. I mean, I think there's one scene, I mean, Brando's fantastic in it, but there's this one scene in it where this singer comes in and he wants the role in a movie and he's not getting it, and the guy cries, right? And because I grew up around women, and women, women, women everywhere, as far as you I could see, right? Just this forest of boobs and manipulations just all over the place, right? So, uh, you know, when a woman cries, <laughs> right, what does everyone do? Oh, that's so sad. That's terrible. Are you okay? Let me help you. I'll make you some tea, right? Yeah. And so this singer is crying because he can't get the movie role that he wants. Do <laughs> you know what Mal- Malin Brando's character does? Right. Slaps him in the head. Pull yourself together. What are you crying for? You want to get a movie role? Go get a movie role. I don't want to snivel here. And look, I—I I mean, I get tears are important and and all that. And I, but I know what you mean. Cry tears of connection. Don't cry tears of self pity and helplessness. Okay. okay. Right.
2: Yeah. I think in what you're saying, it's interesting because that reminds me of my dad saying. Like with bullying in school, for instance, you got to get used to it. You got to man up. You should.
0: No, no, (coughs) I'm not telling you to get used to any abuse. Absolutely not. I'm not telling you to get used to any abuse. I'm telling you to act. If people won't clean up their fucking act in your life, they don't have to be in your life, right? Yeah. You are the gatekeeper of the fortress of your fucking future, right? Right. None shall pass! Enough! Right? You don't have to let anyone across the bridge who doesn't, uh, you know, if they're coming obviously armed, <laughs> you know, it's not like a fucking Trojan horse scenario. If they're completely obviously armed and assholes, you don't have to let them in. Yeah. You're right. I'm not telling you to put up with anything. I'm not, tell- I'm not telling you you're helpless. I'm telling you you're full of power. But if you just retreat into the oh, but how do I and ah, right, and there's no way ah, right, <laughs> like, okay, well then you can stay there and you can then become your mom <laughs> in time. But you know exactly yeah, where this I leads, did, right? And I don't want to become that at all, right? So, and I'm not saying I'm not saying don't have sympathy for yourself at all, but don't fall into this yeah. mom-based ooze pit of sentimental self-pity. I think I'm going in extreme. Yeah. That's that's a giant sucking vagina hole of disaster. Yeah, definitely. I think we got the name for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, Mike's going to be like, man, do I have to look at vaginas <laughs> again for the thumbnail? This is going to take a week. I'll take those bullets that's for right. the show. That's. You <laughs> thank- See if we can combine it with the Miley Cyrus show. I think if you zoom in on the... <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much, Stefan. I think she actually must work for her gynecologist. I think it works about the same way. Anyway, Thiago, I've yeah.
2: got to move on to another caller, but is that yes, is that useful definitely. enough? Thank you so much, and it was such a pleasure to
0: talk to you're you. You're welcome, man. Thank you so much for what you do. Best of luck, and and really keep it okay. posted. Okay, I right? will. If you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right either way. <laughs> all right, so Mike, what's up right, next? next
1: is Thomas, and he wants to talk UPB. Uh, His question he wrote out is, can there be non-obligatory positive morality, i.e. stealing is morally negative, not stealing is neutral, and giving is morally positive? Would you like to elaborate on that, Thomas?
5: Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so basically my question is whether you can have a moral positive, such as giving is moral. But it would pass the coma test because, instead of saying that not giving is immoral, and therefore if you're in a coma you're immoral, that not giving would be no.
0: You can't. No. You. You. you no. No. Because the coma test is second to the universality test, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you have a UPB called uh, "giving is universally preferable behavior," mm-hmm. right? How can that be universalized?
5: Um, well, I guess well, everyone wouldn't be able to all the
0: time, yeah. No, you can't. No, because for me to give you something, you have to receive and keep it, yeah. right? Right? I mean, if, if I mail a check to you and the guy, the mailman, steals the check. Right, then he's stolen something because he's just carrying it to you. You are the recipient, right? So think of two guys in a room. I have an iPod Touch, sponsored by Apple. <laughs> I have, it's not as bad as uh, the Surface in uh, elementary, but anyway. So I have an iPod Touch, and you have universally preferable behavior called giving. Now, I must then give the iPod Touch to you to be moral, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you must immediately give it back to me in order to be moral. Because it's universal. Everybody has to do it all the time, right?
5: I guess I was, yeah.
0: And so you and I you and I, end up passing back this iPod touch like a game of morally insane <laughs> hot potato. And neither of us ever ends up keeping it because to give is moral. Now, let's say there's one iPod touch and three people in the room. I can't give it to you and the other person simultaneously. And even if I could somehow, if I had two, they'd still, we'd all be passing it, right? We could never, and nobody would ever be able to complete the act of giving. Because the act of giving requires that you receive and keep that which is given to you. Like if I give you an iPod Touch and then I take it right back, I haven't given you anything, right? Or if I give it to you on the condition that you throw it in a sewer, I still haven't given it to you. Or if I give it to you on a condition that you give it to someone else immediately, I haven't given it to you. So the act of giving requires that someone receive and keep what is being given. And therefore, it can't be universalized to say that giving is universally preferable behavior. Does that make sense? yeah I guess yeah not to mention what would happen with your kidneys right I mean you got to give you everybody's someone in need mm-hmm. you can give you a kidney at all times but well, that person who gets the kidney's got to give it to someone else and it just you know ends up with the kidney squirting all over the world right but sorry go yeah
5: ahead. um so I was like just I think I was confused about how something is morally neutral like I understand how stealing can't be moral because it can't be universal because if Um, If it's if stealing is good, then it's not stealing because you stealing has to be against their will. But then so stealing can't be moral. But then how do you go from that to therefore stealing is immoral?
0: No, stealing is immoral is not the right way to phrase it because immoral means such a wide variety of things to different people. Mm So the UPB framework is, can it be universalized, first of all, right? So if you, mor- morality, by definition, has to be universal behavior, uh, and I go into the reasons for that in the book. But so, can it be universalized? Now, stealing can't be universalized. The retention of property rights can be universalized and is, in fact, physically embedded in our biological systems in that I own my body and you can't make my body do anything directly right i mean you can put a gun to my head or whatever but you can't make me do something directly i can make my arm move up and down you cannot make my arm move uh, up and down right and so uh, stealing can't be universalized self-ownership and respect for property rights can be universalized and therefore it passes that test so it's not to say stealing is immoral is is not too philosophically precise uh, when you hear the word immoral, think naughty. You know, if I say, well, um, doing X is naughty, is that a philosophical statement? No, that's just kind of a finger-wagging, Elizabeth Warren-style <laughs> kindergarten cop stuff. And, uh, but if I say, uh, stealing cannot be universally preferable behavior, then that, I think, is something a little bit more technical. Because immoral or naughty, they're just basically slanderous against the action Bad, ooh, naughty. We spit on it, right? Um, you know that stealing is racist. <laughs> you know, and so you know, but doesn't really add anything to to the discussion. Uh, that's why I've sort of tried to to focus on the framework. Um, stealing cannot be universally preferable behavior, mm-hmm. and since universally preferable behavior is a synonym for morality, stealing cannot be moral. Does that make any sense?
5: Yeah. So, so, but giving also can't be moral, correct? If I understand right,
0: well, no, st- st- uh, giving is neither moral nor immoral, right? It's morally neutral.
5: But it doesn't pass the uh, universalized test, so.
0: Well, by no, that's why you know that it's not moral. Morality has to be universal. Now, giving cannot be universally preferable behavior, it can't be universalized for reasons we already talked about. Therefore, it can't fall into the category of morally required, right? Like respect for property rights and personhood, like don't rape, don't steal, don't murder, or whatever, right? And so giving is something that I would consider morally neutral, right? Now, giving to someone in need who deserves it, well, whatever, right? I mean, maybe you could put that in aesthetically preferable actions, but giving is morally neutral. Neutral. It, it it has no fundamental moral content. Um, it might be a nice thing to do. It's like maybe being on time, but giving also can be bad. I can give someone a shiner, right? I can uh, I can give someone an STD, right? Giving is too morally neutral. Uh, a uh, uh, it's too uh, broad a term. Sorry, giving the word giving is too broad a term. Um, being compassionately charitable might be aesthetically preferable action, but it can't be universalized, and therefore it might be nice to do, but it can't be enforced uh, through coercive coercion. In other words, if a beggar says, give me $5, and I don't give him $5, he can't stab me and take the $5. It can't be coercively enforced like self-defense is.
5: Okay, I'm still not quite grasping the differentiation between like, um stealing where stealing doesn't can't be universalized but then it can be enforced through violence
0: No no stealing can't be enforced through violence oh, I mean but if property rights can steals, be enforced by then through you can violence. use
5: violence to gain restitution for example
0: Well but that's fundamental to the non-aggression principle right so you can't initiate the use of force and theft is a form of force but you can use self-defense because self-defense can be universalized because it's reactive. Giving is proactive, right? And and you can universalize the right to self-defense, and it doesn't violate universality because it's reactive. Whereas uh, rape, murder, theft, and assault, they're all proactive behaviors and therefore can't be universalized. But self-defense can be universalized because it's reactive to somebody else initiating the use of force.
5: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that pretty much answers my question. Thanks.
0: You sound quite depressed.
5: Um I'm a bit nervous but I'm fine.
0: But you're happy in your life? Mm-hmm. Everything's alright? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for your questions. I appreciate that. And Mike, if we can move on, that would be all excellent. All right. Up next is Christian.
3: And
1: Christian wrote in and said, As far as I can tell, my girlfriend is virtuous and would be a good mother. The only real problem is that she's also really hot. And I'm concerned that this fats could be clouding my judgment. A problem we'd
0: all <laughs> like to have. <laughs> <My> few- <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think my wife's a total hottie, but uh, all right. Uh, so your problem is that your girlfriend is hot. No, I mean, that's not
6: really the problem. The problem is that I, I'm I'm worried that that might be clouding my judgment.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you got boob I got mean, it. I don't All know right. if I do. Right. I
6: mean, because obviously you've never seen my girlfriend, so you, your judgment can't be clouded about this. So I just want you to wait.
0: Can you send a picture to Mike?
6: Yeah, yeah, I guess I could. Uh
0: yeah, just put it in, uh, in, in Skype, uh, and I'll have a look. Okay, up. sure. Uh, let me see here. With clothes, please. Yeah, this yeah, is a family yeah. show. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, oh, got clothes. So,
6: yeah, just give me a second. I got to find it on my computer.
0: You got to find one, like, with clothes, all right? <laughs> yeah. One taken with her knowledge, right? Yeah, with her consent.
1: Now if we asked for a video,
0: I don't want to see any, any webcam visa signs at the bottom. <laughs> uh, all right. What are you putting this thing? Uh,
6: you got to give me a second, man.
0: Um, I got to
6: figure out. I
0: know. It's, it's an rifle.
6: iPhoto, so I'm not really sure how to, how to put, like, put that on a Skype. Uh.
0: It's like an iShot. I think well, it's not know, an iShot. You know how like your
6: your iPhone automatically uploads a to photo, but it's you can't really find the file that easily on the hard drive.
0: Okay. Well, can you look for it and still talk? Sure. Wanna- sure. Wait. Sure.
6: I can try to
0: try to multitask. All right. Well, why don't you tell me about her virtues?
6: Okay. So well okay first of all i gotta i gotta there are some things that uh might be relevant to this uh to the conversation that I should say first um, because she's
0: all right i I'm noticing the dodge, but you can go ahead okay, okay, I'll just
6: tell you about her virtues first of all um so she's very generous and she's very kind and very warm and courageous and uh I mean, she's quite intelligent. I don't know if that's a virtue, but um, uh, she's very loyal. Uh, she's pretty even-tempered. Um, yeah, I guess those are the virtues. But I'm I'm unsure. Is is virtue like? Is it on a spectrum? Because obviously there are several kinds of virtue, and are you either virtuous or not, or can you be? I mean, is it? A, you know what I mean when I say is it a spectrum?
0: Uh, you're really not asking me that question for real, are yeah. You? I mean, do you really need yeah. me to answer that? I mean, you have a brain, yeah, right? As far as I know. Do you think people are either 100% good or 100% evil? No.
6: But uh, I mean, so, so then where, what is where, it? Is where it a do you draw the line between virtue?
0: Because we... no, 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 no. You didn't ask me where you draw the line. You said, "Is there a is 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 virtuous spectrum?" Yeah. Okay. Is it a spectrum?
6: I guess it is. Yeah. I would. I, in my estimation, yeah.
0: Of course it is, right. right? I mean, it's like you're not 100% healthy or dead, right? Health is mm-hmm. a spectrum, right? I mean, why wouldn't you know? Knowledge is a spectrum. You nobody's perfectly knowledgeable or perfectly ignorant who's alive, right? But different degrees of knowledge, right? Yeah. So of
3: course,
6: right. of course, so, it's a spectrum. So, Steph, I found a picture um, in my folder here. Uh, it's kind of it's like a private kind of picture, so I don't want you to share it because it's.
0: Oh no! Listen, don't worry. It's right, in the vault. Cool. I just—I'm just, I'm just curious myself. There's
6: some some boob in it. I mean, not not no nipple or anything. Just uh, it was a picture made for me,
0: you know. All right. Okay. So let me see. I'm sorry, listeners. You're gonna to have to sketch this yourself <laughs> because this will never see the light of day. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Okay, I just dropped this. So, you see that, Mike? Yeah, so you're saying, saying she's virtuous it. and she gives you boob shots? What? So she's virtuous and she gives you boob shots,
6: yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. that's what I'm saying. This is uh, what might be clouding my judgment, you know. So yeah. But yeah, and anyway, about the virtue thing. So where do, where do you I mean, so let's say you let's say for example that you're you're honest but not patient. Right? So Honesty is a virtue, but so is patience. So, where, 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 I mean, uh, when do you cross the line from being virtuous to not being virtuous? Do you have to have, you know, 50% of the virtues to be virtuous? What do you mean?
0: She must be really attractive to you if you're willing to be this confused about things.
6: Mm, yeah, she's really attractive to me.
0: Well, I'll tell you this. Looks like her babies aren't going all kinds of hungry. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, she could have triplets and they'd be like, no, 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 I'm full. Yep. (laughs) And she could lose one in the middle. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. Thanks for the memories. And um, so, um, so why is all this stuff? Right. You 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 realize you're kind of tying yourself in knots here. Right. Like you're. Well, what percentage exactly of virtue versus patience versus this? I mean, this can't be answered. Right. 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 It can't. No, I can't. I mean, how 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 could that be answered? Well, fifty-one and a half percent measurable by this objective metrics over this period of time, which you can calculate with this app. I mean, you can't answer that.
6: Yeah, huh? but when I mean in this conversation, I mean I've been listening for maybe six months. um You, you talk about people as, you know, some people are bad. Uh, obviously, you don't mean that they're a hundred percent bad. But you say, okay, if, for example, the Randian definition of love, right? Love is a an involuntary emotional reaction to virtue in other people if we are ourselves virtuous, right? And uh, where, when, when can you say that a person is virtuous?
0: Well, does she accord to rational standards of virtue that you recognize as virtuous? Okay, then okay. she's virtuous. And, and if she's committed to becoming more virtuous, then she's only going to get more virtuous right. from here, right? right? So if you're a boob man, boobs grow from here. And if you're a leg man, the getaway sticks get longer from here, right? So if you're a virtue man, then this is one thing that compensates for getting old and haggard for all of us, is that the beauty of our hearts, the beauty of our conscience, the beauty of our virtue uh, grows In strength as we age, right? So if she's virtuous now, it can't be by accident because most times people are raised to not be virtuous. They're raised, particularly women, they're raised to be compliant. And so if she has achieved independent critical thinking and she's virtuous, in other words, you say she's strong, she's kind, warm, loyal, and all that, so if she's virtuous, it means because she's really made a commitment to virtue, she's made a commitment to philosophy, she's made a commitment to self-knowledge and overcoming all of the programming uh, and and uh, deceptive uh, cultural bullshit that we're all fed as children. So fantastic. She's on that path to, to virtue. She's committed to it. Uh, she's open to learning more about it, uh, in which case she's only going to get more virtuous from here. The virtue is that one muscle that grows until you're dead mm-hmm. or crazy, you know, like... If I want to be an expert skier, I'm going to peak at 30 or whatever. And then, you know, it's going to go downhill from there. Right. And so um, but virtue is the one thing that can just keep growing. It really grows in the practice. And so if she's virtuous, it must be because she's pursued a program of self-knowledge and virtue and overcoming uh, the lies of culture and superstition and government schools and all this, that, and the other. Fantastic. If she has made that commitment and has already reaped the rewards of virtue, then you don't need to sell her on it. She's going to continue to grow in virtue over the years, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I guess it is. Um... <laughs> you are just, yeah, you're blinded. Sorry, dude. <laughs> that was my test, and you are boot blinded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: Okay. But okay. So, so, um,
0: I, I yeah I am boob blind. No no no! Don't run back to the boobs in your head yet. <laughs> kind of hard to avoid. Uh, All right. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why, dude? I just know you were, you're you're boob blinded. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right. Why don't you tell me? Because mm-hmm. I said she must have pursued a program of rigorous self-knowledge and critical thinking in order to become virtuous in a largely corrupt society, right? Yeah. And you just blew right past that, right? Yeah, you're right. I did. Why did you just blow? I know why, but tell me why did you just blow right past that trap?
7: I
6: don't think that she has made a conscious commitment
0: to the pursuit of self-knowledge. Well, what do you mean you don't think? I, I can't know for sure. What's the evidence what? that she has? What is the evidence that she has done that? Well, the fact that... She... The, default position, the default position is ignorance mm-hmm. and illusion. Right? That's the default position. It's not human nature. It's just the way that we're all right. raised, right? So the default position for all human beings is ignorance yes. and illusion. Possibly with a side peppercorn source of hostility towards critical mm-hmm. thinking, Right? So, if the default position for everyone is ignorance and illusion, and you don't know of any rigorous program of self-knowledge in the pursuit of virtue that she has undergone, then what is the answer? That that no, that she has not uh, undergone. Okay. Now, how long have you been seeing her?
6: Yeah, that's the thing. uh, Almost two years. So, it's at that point where... So, you'd know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that she hasn't uh, made a conscious commitment to self-knowledge. But ha- then, how can she have these virtues if, if you're saying that you have to embark on this kind of?
0: I'm sorry, I'm getting a rough static patch every now and then. I don't know if there's anything you're doing, or maybe your cell phone's on or something. But every now and then, it just goes. All right.
6: I'll try to sit still. Maybe I'll just rub it up against my t-shirt. Oh, okay. Um, well, you, what you're saying is that in order to, to develop these virtues, basically people aren't virtuous from the beginning. We're ignorant. And then through the pursuit, the conscious pursuit of
0: self-knowledge, we develop virtues. But... Well, and we develop virtues in opposition to our culture. Right. And this is what I
6: wanted to say, which is relevant to the conversation, because this girl is uh is chinese i'm I'm Norwegian but I live in china um, and so she's been i guess subjected to uh a lot of crazy culture, even crazier than where I grew up
0: uh, but she recognizes. Okay. Was um. I mean, was she abused as a child? Not by Chinese standards, but by you know, sort of rational. Standards.
6: Not not according to the, uh, like the questionnaire that you sent me. No, then
0: no. Okay, but did she experience? Was she no, spanked? No,
6: I've I've asked her about all this. She was not spanked. She was never hit. Uh, she, well, she she has been yelled at. Their parents do yell, uh, as a discipline measure.
0: Like her. And she was, I assume, of course, raised in a government yeah, school. Yeah. But she, yeah. And sorry, go ahead. Well,
6: uh, w- what happens a lot in China is that people are just so uh, they so viscerally, like uh, on a visceral level, they 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 reject uh, that kind of schooling. They just kind of zone it out and play on their phones all day because they, I mean, it's such a, it's such an antiquated system of education. They're just so bored and they hate it, and they're. They're afraid of their teachers, and they're not not really learning a lot in school. So, so so she recognizes that system as deeply flawed, and and uh, that it lacks virtue.
0: And do you want to? Um, I think you do, right? Want to have children with this woman?
6: Yeah. Th- this is why this is why I'm calling you because um, it's at that point now. After you know, we've been going out for almost two years. Um, and I think that I love her in the randian sense, uh, as far as I can tell. That those, if if I recognize my emotions the right way, and um, I, at this point I have to either break up with her or or marry her, because I I mean it's not fair to to string a woman like that along for the best part of her childbearing years.
0: And uh, how old? 24. is Twenty four. And 26. how old are you? Right. Have you talked with her about having children? Oh yet? yeah, yeah, for sure. And have you talked with her about yes, how to raise them? Definitely. And? And what? And what does she say? Well,
6: she doesn't want to raise children in the Chinese fashion.
0: Uh, she says
6: she wants. To, uh, she she looks because she's met my parents, and uh, and she really likes the way. Uh, my my view on a lot of things about you know this peaceful parenting stuff. and uh, and she she tells me that you know you really convinced me as to, for example, um, when she's at home, uh, her parents sometimes will use um, a raised voice uh, with her. And before she would uh, you know she would take that, and she would accept that as natural. But now, after we've talked about all these things, uh, she now she's in the situation where she's telling her parents, "Look, if you're gonna yell at me, I'm not gonna talk to you. That's not, not that's not a peaceful way of parenting. Uh, our relationship has to be based on volunteer. I mean, she 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 shows an ability to to you know intellectually process these things and and then make them manifest in real life. And uh, she's really taking seriously parenting and and she wants to do it peacefully." Yeah, she's not. She does not want to spank any kids. She just doesn't want to raise her voice to any kids. She doesn't want to tell them, you know, because I said so. Nothing like that. She she really uh, she's really seen how you know how my parents raised me and and how that was where it was very different from the the norm in China.
0: And do your parents uh, did they raise you yeah. peacefully? Yeah, they certainly did.
6: They
0: Did. And what do your parents think of your girlfriend? They love her.
6: They really, really like her. And, you know, uh, it didn't escape me that uh, the relationship I have with my girlfriend is kind of similar to what my dad has with my mom,
0: you know? No, that's good. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, if, if your parents' relationship works and they're good people... I mean, I hope that my, my daughter doesn't choose a man the opposite of me. Right. <laughs> that would be no good. Right. Some bad guy with a Mohawk. Right. But well, um, we might. okay, so 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 then help me because I you know either something doesn't fit for me at all here in this conversation, Christian, and it could be my limit limitations. So don't you know, maybe nothing you're doing wrong. But uh, you know, she's she's virtuous. Your parents who raised you peacefully love her. You both want to have kids. You want to raise them peacefully. I mean, yeah. What's, the, what's, the what's problem, missing right? here? Like, w- why is this even
6: a question? Well, I, I wanna, I wanna check in with you, right? Because uh, I trust your judgment a lot, so I, I wanted you to weigh. In.
0: No, no, no. But, but you, because there's no warning flags in the conversation mm-hmm. that you're having. I mean. Then. And if she had like a zero ACE score and. What, you said you had a 0 ACE score, an Adverse Childhood Experiences yeah. score? Uh, sorry, Mike, is that the case? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Well, actually, um,
6: when I looked at it the second time, the number four, um, it said or. Like, did you ever feel like your family wasn't always standing up for each other or something like that? Yeah, uh, no
1: family lover support was the...
6: Yeah, but there's an or. Remember? Like, after there's like a second part of that. And it's, uh, let me just see if I can pull that up here. Um, Because I did have some issues with my sister. Uh, Like, I never really liked my sister. And we had some conflict. I don't know if you think that's relevant or not to this. I don't really have a lot of conflict with my parents. they raised me peacefully they they always encouraged my critical thinking and rationality and
0: reasoning and all that i was never okay you know. but but listen christian so but based on the information that yeah. you're giving me, what doubts could there be well um she, she is not
6: what what well my doubt comes from the fact that she is not uh She's not very knowledgeable, you know she's not the kind of like you have a wife who's a psychologist right and and she's highly educated and, and I'm
0: sure but she practices psychology but yeah yeah she um yeah she's very so, well educated so
6: you can sit up you know and, and talk for a long long time and have really long interesting conversations and that works for you right uh, i can have I can have conversations with her too um, but they're more on a uh they're not on a on a highly educated level like like i would have with uh, a close friend of mine like a male friend of mine you know uh well but, but what is her education oh she's uh she works at a, a lab at a hospital you know they they analyze like blood and urine and big machines that's her education so i don't know what you call that but
0: yeah but does she want to stay does she want to stay home with your kids yeah. if you have them yeah so I mean the, the job is I mean if, if her job for five or ten years is going to be raising kids then um, but but I asked you about her education you told me about her job so is she high school is that right
6: no 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 um, she's got uh, so three years of higher education and uh, but it, but higher education in China you know and it's very it's a, like a technical
0: okay dude I mean you, you you gotta have some respect for my time here like i mean i I really would like to help yeah. you but you know, you're saying, well, she's, you know, not quite as educated. And like, well, I say, oh, well, and say, no, she's got three years of higher education plus, you know, after high school. And yeah, but and that, that doesn't right?
6: necessarily mean that she's, you know, educated, right? In the in the sense that we use the term in this conversation.
0: Technically, if you have lots of education, that means right, you're educated. Right, technically, yeah, sure. But... Yeah, I mean, she's got, what, 15 or 16 years of yeah, education? But I think that pretty much means educated. Okay, but I'm saying she's not very knowledgeable about the world. She's, uh... Okay, then stop telling me about the things she does know about, and tell me where the deficiencies right, this are. This is what I'm saying. The deficiencies are that I can't,
6: for like, if I made a reference to uh, to some, I don't know, the the Milgram study, or if I made a, I, I mean, she she
0: wouldn't know. No, 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 that no, that no, that doesn't matter. That it doesn't matter the degree to which she doesn't know stuff. It matters the degree to she which she wants to learn, wants right. to learn stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, so then we're right? good. Then we're good. So she's interested in learning new stuff. Is there a language barrier between you guys? No, I, I'm fluent in Chinese. Okay. And uh, biracial kids, you're okay with? Uh, yeah,
6: sure. Is a, I mean, unless there's something I didn't think about, that could be a problem with that.
0: Well, I, th- I mean, it's not... I mean, I don't think it's a huge issue. And certainly if you raise your kids philosophically, but I think that for some kids, and again, I'm not obviously trying to paint with a very wide brush here, but in reading some of the L.A. Rogers stuff... Some of the biracial kids, he was half Chinese, half mm. white. And um, they sort of feel like not quite in the white community, not quite in the Chinese community. They could get cattiness sometimes from whatever, right? So it's just, but if you raise your kid philosophically, you know, they won't pretty much care about tribal stuff. Yeah, I,
6: I thought about that. But, uh, you know, you, you mean like if it were a guy, if I had a boy and he was super short or?
0: No, or a girl. Uh, I mean, aren't,
6: aren't like half white, half Asian girls pretty hot?
0: usually No, no, dude. I'm not talking about how hot they are. I'm talking about where they fit in in the world.
6: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> not what fits into them from the world. Right. Yeah.
6: <laughs> you mean like, yeah, like third culture kids, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, not
6: yeah, I'm um,
0: about that. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, if if you if you respect your parents and your parents love her, I mean, I would think that that would be more you know, telling them anything that I could, uh, I could say, could I mean, me some it, more it's fine to have different interests. I mean, it's fine to do, do your own thing. You know, my, my, my wife didn't care about unreal tournament, but I quite liked <laughs> it for a while. Uh, and, uh, so it's, yeah, it's fine to have different interests, different focuses. The important thing is that you're emotionally connected and you're on the same page about raising oh. kids and you can talk to her about what you think and right. feel. Uh, I mean, check, check, I check. love abstract discussions with my wife, uh, and that's her particular thing. And uh, but but you know, the the question is really to what degree is she committed to lifelong learning? Uh, if that's your commitment, but not hers, then you're going to outgrow her. Uh, but if it's both your commitment, then you can knowing different things is a plus because you can bring different things to each right. other's n- knowledge base, right?
6: Okay, so check, check, and check on those three. Um, okay, so I don't need to have like a she doesn't need to be like my my best male friend, you know, that we can talk about economics and history and philosophy and all that. I mean, philosophy, I can talk to her about.
0: No, 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 that's not what I said. What I'm saying is that she should care about economics, history and philosophy because you care yes, about them. If you listen to this show, she should take it for a spin, right? I mean, she should, yep. right?
6: Yeah, sure, sure.
0: Because, because that is um, what you're interested right. in, Right.
6: Yeah, she's always asking me about my interests, always asking me about what my childhood was like. I think those are are good signs. She always wants to know more about me, you know. She's always super curious about me.
0: And, you know, I... Okay. Well, listen, I mean, I've I've had enough of the sales job. I mean, you know, you're either telling me the truth, in which case there's no problems, uh, or you're not, in which case um, I'm not going to get to the truth. So um, I hope that's been helpful. And, Mike, if we could move on to the next caller, I'd appreciate that. And best of luck uh, with your future, my friend. All right, Marson is up next.
1: He wrote in and said, I've recently broke up with someone based on my beliefs, philosophy, and self-discovery. How do I know if I did the right thing, considering the other person has a different opinion?
0: Hello? Hi, Hi can you hear me all right? Yeah, what, what does it mean when you say did the right thing? Well, um,
8: I, I guess I should just elaborate about that, maybe. Um pretty much i've been with that person for like uh like seven months and uh, a lot of people <laughs> uh think that like it wasn't a good thing to do because she was like a nice quote-unquote person and maybe uh it was a mistake too
0: wait <laughs> Sorry, did you did you say a nice quote-unquote person? Yeah. Was she not actually a person? Uh, Was she inflatable? Did she have a kind? <laughs> I mean, what are we talking no, about? No, I
8: mean, I mean that, you know, people who don't really know her, like, say, my mother says, she's very nice, but she doesn't really know her, but she's nice when, I don't know, when we eat dinner, and so, and uh, so, yes, she's nice and polite, and always smiling, so that means she's nice. Does that make sense? I uh, don't
0: Okay, so people who don't know her think that she's nice, but you don't. Well, yeah, I think she's
8: kind of, lacks any kind of emotional characteristic,
0: I don't know. Hello? Yes, I'm sorry, I'm waiting for you to finish your sentence. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just so nervous,
8: and it's like four in the morning, so... Oh, yeah, no Yeah. Uh, I'm not typing, all right,
0: um, so... No, but I still want to know what it means. When so, how would you know if you made the right decision? What what would did the right thing? You said. I mean, do you mean did the moral thing? Did the thing that was good for your heart or for your safety or for your happiness? I I'm not sure what yeah, did right. the right I'll, thing. I'll just be plain with, with you, right? Let's be honest. And I'm not. I'm not trying to pester huh? you. I just. I'm trying to get clarity. Yeah. I just.
8: Uh, let's maybe simplify this. Uh, just a lot of people think that I'm an asshole because I did this, and.
0: Oh, because you broke up yeah. with her. And what was the uh, immediate cause of the breakup? What happened right before?
8: Well, pretty much, it was a long distance, long distance relationship, and uh, I started to I started listening to your show for some time. I went to therapy, and I just realized that I've been making the same mistakes dating similar women for years now. So right. there wasn't anything like big, nothing really big happened. Like, you know, on her side, she didn't, like, cheat on me and on anything like that. But she, pre- I pretty much kind of
0: outgrew her, I think. All right. Outgrew, again, is one of these things that I don't right. even know yeah. what, so what that means. I,
8: I kind of pursued my uh, self-discovery, right? And I listened to a lot of your shows. And I tried talking to her about, like, my past, which I haven't really done before. And she wasn't really interested in, into philosophy and now uh, and when I pretty much told her about my parents and stuff, she was like, "Well, you know, they did the best they can, doesn't really matter. And I'm like, what? <laughs>
0: How does that help? Oh, so she wait, wait, she was a, she sort of mentally colluded with people who abused you, right? Oh yeah, I think. Uh, could you... And just for those who don't know, we do an ACE questionnaire before uh-huh. people call in. Yeah. so I mean you were pretty badly abused by your mom. Yeah rage slapping uh, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so she basically sided with a woman who beat you up as a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you something, my friend. You did the right thing. <laughs> all right, so that, that's helpful. <laughs> no, listen, you absolutely did the right thing. Do not give your penis to people who praise child abusers or defend child yeah, abusers. Yeah, that's right.
8: But, you know, <laughs> there's just so many people who, who do that, who, like, praise abusers. That...
0: Oh yeah, no, I I get that. That's why there are abusers, right? <laughs> because they get praised and defended by every mouth breathing, spittle, nose breath idiot who comes along, right? I mean that that's why. Why did your mom do what she did? Because she knew in the future you'd meet women like women, women like this one. Oh, yeah, woman.
8: yeah, and she would always say that, <laughs> and about pretty much all of my girlfriends, which turned out to be very beautiful parasites. <laughs>
0: That yeah, they're they're nice. Yeah, so so you know, one of the things that is another clue is that your mom, who was a child abuser, thought this woman was nice, and nice means she's going to collude with my child abuse, Mm -hmm. and she's not going to stand up for you, and she's not going to cause me one lick of trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so good riddance.
8: Good riddance. Yeah. So that's yeah, and and because of. You know, because of that, I also started to sort of evaluate my friendships and and then just people I know. And well, it turns out there are so many people like that and you know it's hard to open your eyes sometimes.
0: So. yeah, and just, just for you know for women who may be confused by this, right? So let's say that you were raped. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend, some guy you're dating, says, well, yeah, but, I mean, the guy was probably horny. <laughs> yeah. Right, that would be like, a, here, let me give you a nice cupcake of get the fuck out of my life, right? <laughs>
8: yeah, I'm not sure what happened yeah.
0: Right, so so if you've been, you know, beaten up by your mother as a child, and someone's defending that person, mm-hmm. uh, then it's like, uh, here, I'd like to give you a card called get the fuck out of my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I kind of tried to make it a little
8: less a little violent with her, but, you know, it doesn't really matter in the end.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying you yeah, would say yeah, that to someone. That's sort of the intention, oh. right? The intention is, uh, uh, listen, I would like you to go to the end of that long pier, take three more steps. and <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, what, however, you, you can do it in a nice way. But um, this is one of the great things, you know, the fact that you wasted seven months must mean that she was quite hot, right?
8: Yeah, and and pretty much before her I've I've had like well let me put it straight, I've had like hotter girlfriends but they would treat me really, really badly. So when you have like an ex girlfriend that's kinda hot and doesn't treat you quite as badly because she's yeah.
0: So your mom's hotness was what when she was uh, honestly I don't know. Um but just just like what I think or what, you, you, are you saying you've never seen a no, 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 no. picture no, of your no, mom I've when she was it, young? No, i but
8: it's kind of weird to look at it in, a, in that way. But
0: Oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's not weird. It's not. It's essential mm-hmm. to look at your mom right. when if, she was young because this is your huh? template. This is what your dad uh-huh. chose, right? And we tend to follow sexually successful yeah. strategies. And the one mm-hmm. thing that's true of her mom and her dad, as I have mm-hmm. said before, is they fucked and made mm-hmm. us, Right. And so as men, as biological organisms, we are programmed to do whatever dad did that made us. In other words, we are going to be default position attracted to women like, we're going to try and be as much like our dad as we can, and we're going to try and have sex with women like our mom as much as we can, because that's what worked to produce us. And our genes don't know that there's not a small tribe with, you know... 20 mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. women who are basically photocopies of each other and 20 of the men who are basically right. photocopies of each other. They don't know we've got this wealth of choice and in the internet and can date big boob vixens from China. They don't know any of that stuff. So the genes <laughs> are like, oh, shit, did your dad bang your mom and make you? Okay, be like your dad, choose someone like your mom, because that's what works in this tribe, right? So it is absolutely essential to figure out why your dad married your right. mom, because that's mm-hmm. what you're going yeah, to I be think, drawn yeah, to,
8: think, right? To be perfectly honest, that yeah, that my father pretty much... Yeah, married my mom because of her looks and uh, and because of so she was yeah, very pretty, right? Let's let's say like an eight, I guess.
0: What? Well, sorry, why is this? Why is this difficult? I don't understand. Can you not figure out whether your mom is pretty? I mean, it's it it does it does she get pixelated when you look at her? I mean, <laughs> what happens? I, I don't. Know,
8: just subjectively, I I I wouldn't find her necessarily like a...
0: I'm not saying fantasize about know, having sex you with your mom. I'm asking you a question: was she was she right, attractive yes, when yes, she, she, she was, was younger? Yeah. Okay. And again, <laughs> I don't understand why that's so. Tough. Well,
8: okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry because yeah, like I said, it's like four in the morning, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, yes, I, I yeah, she was.
0: Okay. So so then the template for you is that um, was your dad wealthy?
8: Yeah, reasonably. He's 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 the provider. He's uh, basically a sailor, so he's not around very much. So I guess yeah.
0: And how's your um? And how's your um? How's your wealth situation? Uh, you mean like uh, family-wise, or
8: or like my personal?
0: No, I mean you you personally. Like so, when you start dating a woman, I mean, do you? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, do I the just, money display? I, yeah, I, I think I know where this is going. And
8: yeah, I was pretty much paying for everything. <laughs>
0: Okay, so and how do you display your wealth to a woman when you want to date her, or you want to ask her out, or when you go to well, pick her up? Well, you you pay for for like a dinner. Is that one. No, but how does she how does she know that you have money when she meets you? Like immediately?
3: Yeah.
8: Um, because I show it,
0: I guess, in a way. I know you show it. How come on? Work with me, man. <laughs> you know, it's four yeah. o'clock in the morning. Jump up, do some jumping jacks, shake it up a little. It's not yeah, four I'm o'clock in the morning, me. Myself so <laughs> so how do you show it? How do you show the woman that you
8: have money? Well, I would ask her out for like in for in, to a place and pretty much offer that, that I'll pay, for example.
0: So you will, you would say to the woman. I mean, not any um, I would like you to take you to a restaurant, and I will pay for the meal. Yeah, or imply that it's that it's normal that a man pays. Okay, so let's let's pretend that I'm a uh-huh. hot lady, right? I'm not taking my shirt off. Don't panic for the webcam Oh my God! Viewers, but, we've done that um, <laughs> yeah. So how how would you? Ask me out, right? So I'm, I'm flipping my hair. I'm thumbing through my Vogue magazine. I am making sure I'm using my little pinky to scratch a little bit of lipstick off the corner of my collagen-pumped-up Michelin-style lips. And you find me impossibly hot because you've never processed whether your mom was sexually attractive. And so you've got a broken record gene thing going on. And you want to ask me out. And what would you say? Well, ask me out. I would probably buy you a. Pretend we're in an elevator at 4 o'clock in the morning. How would you ask me that? I'm like,
8: hi, can I get your number? Or, hi, would you like to go out sometime? I don't know, I guess. I've never actually picked up strangers, so... But, yeah.
0: Well, how do you normally ask women well, like
8: I've met most of uh, my girlfriends through college or friends. Well, I mean, acquaintances, I suppose.
0: All right, so if if you if they bring hotness and you bring uh-huh. money to the table then if you wanted to ask a strange a stranger out how would she know you had money
8: i guess i guess yeah i would pretty much ask her out to a place and uh, or buy her a drink
0: okay but let me let me ask it to you cuz you're yeah, not kind of getting I'm what i'm saying I'm... do you do you do you wear expensive clothes uh, no i guess I,
8: I wear a watch which is expensive
0: Okay, and how expensive is the watch? Uh,
8: it's not Rolex. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, so you wear no, no, a Rolex watch, no, 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 and no, that's your big dick money watch Definitely. shot, right? I said,
8: well, it's not Rolex. I mean, I mean it's not.
0: I, no, oh, no, no, it's no, not no, Rolex. No. Okay. But is it?
8: It's like a nice watch. And I guess if you don't know anything about watches, then yeah, I would say that. For, for,
0: like it yeah, looks expensive-y yeah, so and like, gold gold-y okay. and, and stuff. Okay, and, and am, do you I'm, I'm sorry to, have an expensive
8: haircut? Well, I'm, it, it depends. But I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I am. In my in my opinion, I am like reasonably attractive, and I've been told that. So I guess yeah, it it kind of shows.
0: If that's well, no, attractive and money. I mean, not always yeah, the same but, thing, but she, right? Women date drummers. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess I guess they do. Yeah. And drummers like hit up homeless people for change, right? <laughs> yeah,
8: so. sure, sure.
0: So I guess okay so so but so you you present yourself quite well and then you ask the woman out and how do you say you say I will take you to a restaurant is that right yeah.
8: Or or maybe if even if it doesn't happen we, uh, even if I don't say that and then we are at a restaurant then pretty much it's implied that I pay
0: How is it implied Well pretty much we
8: get the bill and sometimes <laughs> Sometimes she or a person say that, yeah, will you get that? Or like, do you have any cash or whatever? Or, or just, you know.
0: Okay. And look, I mean, that's fine. I mean, the first time I went out with my wife, she I paid. And then the next time she said, no, 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 you got the last one and she paid, right? Does that happen at all? Yeah, well, now that
8: I'm, I'm trying to, to see a different person and I'm trying to sort of mend myself and fix myself, then yeah, I'm. It, we,
0: we, we, we pay for but you would keep no, no, no. paying, right? Well, uh, yeah, in, in the past, yeah. Okay, so in the past, you would keep paying. Now, do you have a nice car? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm, just, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. pretty much, I'm like,
8: uh, I'm, 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 I'm wrapping up my studies, and just because I've seen your show, I've, I just thought that it's time to move on from my house, and in a couple of months, I'll be long gone <laughs> from here, because I still, yeah.
0: Okay, now, um, what? how would you feel, mm-hmm. If the woman offered like if if um if you ask the woman out for the mm-hmm. first time and you pay, let's say or whatever right or if she offered to pay right, but how would you feel if she paid for a meal you mean in the past
8: yeah i yeah. would I would be like, well, that's kind of weird, maybe that's nice, but i will I will pay for the next one, and i would yeah I would kind of feel
0: awkward, I guess in the past. Yeah, those aren't really feelings, but okay. Um, wh- why would you feel these things? Because I kind of
8: was raised that way.
0: I was what? raised that way. I think I was raised in kind of to 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 buy women's company. Yeah, that's I've, what you were yeah,
8: in a, pretty much in a in my society that yeah, that if you want to go out, then it's just you know, it's just reasonable.
0: To, to pay for, for stuff. No, 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 no. Fuck that. I know what the word reasonable means, and it's got nothing to do with buying people's time. So yeah, I mean, how, like, under, under what justification is it... Hang on, let me right. finish my sentence. You're kind of interrupting okay. me a lot. Under what theory is turning a woman who's dating you into an employee that you pay for her time, how is that justified? Uh, you mean just generally... in. Uh, for me, or well, you said this is how you yeah. were raised. So
8: how is it justified? It's pretty much justified that well, you got to get married when you're twenty-something, and because women are those creatures who don't like stuff that men do, but they're pretty <laughs> and uh, they can give you sex. So you better you better be a successful guy who earns money, and and show it, because otherwise you're not getting
0: any. Oh, so basically women are prostitutes. Yeah. I mean, am I stating it too no, boldly? No, I,
8: you should be very frank with me. I'm very open to
0: that. Well, no, I, I don't mind being frank. I just want to make sure I'm being accurate. So basically, if you want women to have sex with you, you give them money. Yeah, just like let me give you an example. When I had like my
8: first girlfriend when I was like 18 or 19, which is like four years ago. She was very pretty, like like a 10. And she was also uh, very ambitious. And then I, would, I broke up with her. Well, she actually broke up with me. And then my father, who knew her for like two or three meetings, like brief conversations, up to this day, he sometimes says that, well, you know, she was so pretty and ambitious and you did the wrong thing to break up with that girlfriend because she was so great. Just because she was very...
0: Yeah. yeah, so obviously he she, she reminded... She reminds your father of your mother when she was younger, which means you dodged a very foundation-based yeah, bullet, yeah, even if, right? Because your mom was kind of a bitch, right? Your mom was, like, hitting you all over the body and stuff, and so your dad, like, oh, she was great, just like your mom. Even it's like... Ah! <laughs> Maybe, even right? Maybe even better, right,
8: right. Yeah, and even once I was, like a little bit drunk and and he said this and i said well but don't you get that i wasn't happy and he's like well when you grow up and you'll be older then you know that uh, this isn't so simple and <laughs> and i'm like what the hell man i mean isn't isn't being happy very important and i don't think he is happy and i don't think happiness is very important to him
0: Right. Look, I mean, this is, and I've, look, I've made this mistake Mm -hmm. as well. So I'm not speaking from any kind of, um, and I made it when I was older than you, right? This, this paying Mm -hmm. for sex mistake. I, uh, so I, you know, I'm not trying to lord it over or be some sort of wise guy who never did this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff, but it is, um, you know, women are telling you everything that you need to know. Everyone does right up front. I agree. Right. And a woman who's like, yeah, I think you should pay. And maybe I will grace you with sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you're not the only guy in the world with money, and that is not exactly the road less traveled up that hoochie-cooch, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's probably – people have uh, left uh, probably some pretty interstellar microbes uh, in that hoo-hoo that uh, can probably crawl up your spine and turn your head around like you're some extra in a poltergeist movie. So, uh, you, yeah, I mean, you're not, not the, you're not the only guy with money and – she ain't the only woman with a vagina. You know, it's something I remember, you know, it's when you're a teenager, you're like, Oh, pussy. Yeah. Oh, It's like the Ark of the Covenant. You know, you're like, you know, they could hide pussy in all of those uh, boxes and crates at the end of Indiana Jones, uh, the movie. And you're like, I'm looking, I'm prying over the crate now find me the pussy, right? I mean, you're crazy about that stuff, right? Because, yeah. you know, you're your body is just like, photocopy, photocopy, grab something, squirt <laughs> something, have a nap, photocopy, I don't care, hey, if you gotta, we just gotta get the egg, egg, yeah. you know, the giant flesh-based penis, egg-seeking missile, uh, trailing cash, and s- the sweat of desperation is pretty much the only rocket propulsion that teenage boys have, and um, so, I mean, I I get it, I understand it, but it did sort of realize in my, I think I was 17 or 18, I I'm like, you know, I was looking around. I was looking at this crowd of, of kids in my high school, and uh, I was looking at all these women, and they all had noses, mm-hmm. right? And I just uh, I just remember thinking, you know, it, you know, for every one of these female noses, there's a female vagina, and there's a lot of noses yeah. in this <laughs> in yeah. this room, and uh, really not uh, not not shockingly rare. And uh, so, yeah, they're telling you all they need to know. And look, I mean, I think it's ideal. I mean, biologically, a man goes to work and the woman stays home, breastfeeds the kid for the required 18 months, has another mm-hmm. kid, you know, stays home, raises and all that kind of Fantastic. But then he's bringing home the bacon and she's frying it up, right? Mm-hmm. She's working hard yeah, exactly. to raise the kids. I mean, I have a pretty unique view in that because um, that's what I've been doing for five and a half years with my wife. And um, uh, so, But but a woman who's like, well... I'm just here to be pretty, and you pay for that. It's like you know your prettiness is for sex, right? And you know the sex is for children, right? And you know that you better damn well work when we have kids, mm-hmm. right? And uh, women sort of seem to forget that, and they think that they're all that because nature gives men hormones. I have value because your sperm wants something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's, and a, they, it's a pathetic, and they it pathetic in way. It's literally like a man saying, I'm a fantastic businessman because I inherited a million dollars. <laughs> and it's like, no, you're not. You are a trustafarian, lazy bastard who just happened to um, fall ass backwards into yeah. money. right?" And women are born with the wealth of male hormones surging at them like a bunch of grasping tsunamis. And uh, you know, I understand. I, I get how... It can make you feel all kinds of precious and sensitive and special and valuable to have men all drawn at you. But they're not drawn at you. They're drawn at your eggs. They're drawn to your eggs. You just, you know, let me crack the Fabergé so I can get at the egg. It's just you're the egg holder. Uh, and um, it, it's just biology. I mean, it's as bad as romantic as a, a trout is squirting semen into a stream. I mean, it's. <laughs> I guess it might buy this stream dinner if it would help. But, uh, it, you know, and uh, I get that we all know this. But men, we, we, we kind of get it, right? Like, I mean, we kind of get that um, uh, having a lot of resources is going to get you some gold diggers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're rich, then you're going to get some gold diggers. And women, you know, there's actual books like How to Land a Millionaire oh, yeah. and all that. So men, men we kind of get like... If you've got money, then you can get some, you know, GDHs, some gold-digging whores around, Mm -hmm. right? But men, I don't think women quite get the degree to which which men are are egg-digging whores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, because the women want the gold for the children, but the men want the eggs for the children. So men are just complete egg-digging whores. And men are are usually, we've kind of trained ourselves to say, okay, well, if you have a lot of money, say, okay, well, I've got a lot of money, so women are going to be interested in me, I guess, right? But, you know, I don't think Anna Nicole Smith found that crypt keeper in a wheelchair sexually exciting, but she uh, married him because we all know how happy all that money makes people, which is why she never overdosed and died, but... um so men are kind of wary of this and say, okay, well, I, you know, I've got a lot of money, so I'm going to get some gold, gold dingy horse and some nice ladies and nice women, whatever. But my money is a factor, mm-hmm. right? My money is a factor. And like Muhammad Ali said, you know, what I want to do, well, a couple of quotes of his I like. One is a, uh, if I swing at you and I miss, you die from the pneumonia. <laughs> but he also said, I want to go I want to go down a street just dressed in a T-shirt and old jeans. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to find some woman who doesn't even know who the hell I am. And she's just going to love me for who I am. And then I'm going to take her back up the road. We're going to go to my mansion and drive around in my Rolls Royce. And she's going to be so happy. But she won't even know I had all that money when I first met her. And I think that stuff is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so men know that this is the... Uh, this is the gold digger or whore stuff is is something that we recognize as men but i don't think women have quite got that as clearly yet that the men are just egg digging horse and then they're like well he had sex with me and then he never called me again it's like well yeah because he's pursuing the trout slash frog squirt in mm-hmm. the stream strategy of reproduction mm-hmm. which is squirt and move squirt and move squirt and move right basically you're a a cum based sliding life form like keep going yeah, but- right and I just, I just don't think that that women are quite as get it, you know. Some, some rich old fart, like a, some, someone sent me an email once um, about, you know, how do you, how can you spot uh, a a, um, a billionaire from behind, right? And it's this tubby fat guy with this hot woman, and you can just see them mm-hmm. from behind, right? And so there's these jokes that men sort of make about if you've got money then you can attract gold digging whores and they're you know going to pry you uh, pry the money out of you and move on if there's someone else to attach to but i don't think that women have quite have gotten that the men are the egg digging whores a lot of them and um they're just you know they'll say whatever and this and that because they think that the man's interested in them the man's just interested in the eggs and <laughs> Then the the woman is like, well, he had sex with me, and he doesn't seem to be that interested. I can't get him to commit, or you know, it's like that's because he's an egg digging whore. Mm. Yeah, that's So anyway, I just sort of wanted to to mention that. I think women need to sort of wake up a little bit to that.
8: Yeah, uh, and that's that horrible. So, they,
0: um they will. Often, I mean, I don't
8: know about men because I don't do that, but um, women will will often say something like, "Yeah, but, that, but but that's love, man. That's love," and then that's but love. But that's what like I love you man you know you know what I mean like yeah what women say that to you yeah that you know
0: well of course uh, people can say whatever they want right a man can say I'm rich it's like okay but at some point it would be nice to see a bank statement a woman can say well I love you but at some point it would be nice to see a definition of uh, of love when I when I
8: uh, wanted to talk to my ex-girlfriend about you know what's going on with my life and stuff and and I pretty much asked her, <laughs> why does she think that she loves me? And if she could just, you know, give me like, I don't know, like three words of my characteristics, like anything, like not even positives. And she pretty much couldn't. She just, she just okay. does.
0: Okay, so, so check this out. So check this out. This is uh, from anncoulter.com. From what? Excuse me? So This is a woman. Her, her name is Wendy Davis. She's a Texas state senator and running for governor. She became a liberal, liberal superhero last June when she filibustered a bill to prohibit abortions after mm-hmm. 20 weeks. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so um, D- Davis was someone who could give the Democrats real people credibility based on her own personal story. An absent father, a sixth grade educated mother, a teen pregnancy, followed by life as a single mom in a mobile home, and then community college, and at last Harvard Law School. And it's like, wow. And CNN said, Wendy Davis, from teen mom to Harvard Law to famous filibuster. Mm. And Bloomberg said, Texas filibuster star rose from teen mom to Harvard Law. And in the UK, Wendy Davis, single mother from Trailer Park who has become heroine of pro-choice movement. Uh, uh, And um, this is actually not uh, true at all. I mean, she's not like some courageous, courageous single mom who just managed to get her way through Harvard Law School. And um, I'll just give you a tiny little bit of uh, (laughs) what the reality is, right? So she claims she was raised by a single mom, went to work at age 14 to support her family, became a single mother herself in her teens, and then by sheer pluck and determination, pulled herself out of the trailer park to graduate from Harvard Law School. Well, not really. So her family wasn't working class. Her father owned a sandwich shop and a dinner theater, which puts her solidly into middle-class land. Um... Now, every, no one who works in the media would ever know this, but everyone whose parents run a family business starts work at 14, if not sooner. It's yeah, just what you do exactly. when you help out, right? Her parents were separated, but that's not the commonly accepted meaning of single mom. And uh, let's see here. Uh, as for being a single mother at age 19, she wasn't a single mother in the traditional sense either. She was married at age 18, had a child at 19, and divorced her first husband, a construction worker, mm-hmm. at 21. So she got married young, blah, blah, blah. So... But into the 1950s, you know, nearly half of all firstborn children were born to married women under the age mm-hmm. of 20. Half of them. Uh, just a few years after her first divorce, this woman was on the make, asking to date Jeff Davis, a rich lawyer, 13 years a senior, who frequented her father's dinner club. In short, they married and had a child together. The next thing Jeff Davis knew, the rich lawyer, he was paying off her college tuition, raising their kids by himself and taking out a loan to send her to Harvard <laughs> Law School. Fuck me. I'm sure. uh, then... Then Wendy left her kids with the sugar daddy in Texas, even the daughter from her first marriage, while she attended Harvard Law. So he's paying for her life, he's paying for her bills, and he's raising her children and paying for all their bills. Single mother power. Even the child that... that... Yeah, because this is some hard luck story, (laughs) right? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Slater says Davis's kids lived with Jeff Davis in Texas while she attended law school. Wendy Davis claims her girls lived with her during her first year of law school. Let's say that's true. Why not the other two years? And what was the matter with the University of Texas Law School, which is where her children actually were? And let me just finish this because it ends as you can imagine it will. Um, The reason Wendy Davis's apocryphal story was impressive is that single mothers have to run a household, take care of kids, and provide for a family all by themselves. But Wendy was neither supporting her kids nor raising them. If someone else is taking care of your kids and paying your tuition, that's not amazing. Um, Mr. Davis told the Dallas Morning News that Wendy, right, so mm-hmm. he basically, you know, raised her kids, paid for her to go to law school, paid for all her bills, and didn't even have him living with her, so obviously wasn't having the sex, which is usually part of that god awful bargain. Mr. Davis told the Dallas Morning News that Wendy dumped him as soon as he had finished paying off her Harvard Law School loan. Quote, it was ironic, he said, I made the last payment, and it was the next day that she left. <laughs> oh my God! Yoink. Ah. Yeah, that's awful. In uh, in his petition for divorce, Mr. Davis accused his wife of adultery, um, and the court made no finding on infidelity, but uh, but awarded the man full custody of their underage children and ordered Wendy to pay child support. Now that's incredibly rare. So, that actually good happens. lord.
8: What? What? Yeah. What? 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 On I guess he was a very happens. good lawyer
0: then. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, anyway. So I mean, this is—I uh, mean, what a complete uh, gold digging whore, right? I mean, and and he was an egg digging whore. Yeah, I mean, course, they yeah. kind of deserve yeah. each other. The fact that he'd be surprised is not that surprising because anyway. So yeah, you want to kind of avoid that kind of stuff. But yeah, so basically, if a woman agrees, if a woman defends the woman who beat you up as a child, yeah, then that was kind um, of a yeah, a deal good breaker for me. Yeah and look it's it's a challenge right because you don't want to appear rich mm-hmm. when you are mm-hmm. dating but at the same time you don't want to appear to be a loser yeah, of course. right yeah but I, right so it's it's a challenge yeah, right now that
8: that I've uh, sort of opened up and reevaluated my relationships like I just I, I just started to meet with uh with an old friend well not a friend but a girl that I've known before briefly And I decided that I would be completely honest from the beginning. And pretty much we've been like seeing each other for for a couple of weeks. And I kind of feel like, which is very strange, but maybe you've had it the same after you've stopped paying for women. That after a few weeks, you kind of feel like, you know, this person better than all the girlfriends you've had accumulated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, once you're not buying people's time, you can actually get to know them, Mm -hmm. right? Once you're not an employer or a pimp, uh, you can actually get to know people. And, um, uh, you know, anyone who, yeah, any woman who wants you to pay for her is going to make you pay. Because basically she's saying, I'm going to be sexually available to a man who puts Mm -hmm. out money. Yeah. Right? You you flash your visa, I'll flash you my boobs. Well, again, that is uh, a sure sign of a disaster Uh, In the making, and someone to be resolutely, you know, you got to grit your teeth, you cross your legs, and you just Mm -hmm. avoid it, right? Yeah. So, good for you. So, yeah. So,
8: thanks again for the amazing support because I I don't think I would. I always kind of was the kind of guy that knew that there was something more to life, but, you know, I just needed that final push (laughs) and finding your radio.
0: Well, and yeah, of course, you have the cursive looks as well, right? Well, yeah and um the the curse of looks is a challenge because of course if you are very good looking then men i mean women of course are going to yeah. get all hot and bothered for you just at a mm-hmm. biological level in the same way that men do for attractive women but they also and this is true for uh for women as well uh, as men but uh you're a status symbol as well right like look what my vagina can catch right <laughs> and uh um, you are the fly and she is uh, great, <laughs> except that the fly just eventually dies and ends his misery. But uh, I guess the same thing is yeah. true for men. Yeah, it is. But um, it is. yeah, I appreciate your call. And uh, I certainly wish you the very best uh, in your dating life. And, thanks, um, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyone who can be bought is not worth yeah, the price. Pretty
8: much my current date has paid for everything that she wanted to to get. So I've, I've never paid for her yet. So <laughs> I think that's a good sign. Fantastic. All right. So, yeah. Good stuff. uh, Good stuff. Thank you once again. And, uh, yeah, you're the man.
0: (laughs) Thanks, man. Keep me posted. And, uh, again, we can do one more, Mike, if you want to. All right. All right.
1: next is Aaron. Aaron wrote in and said, I've heard you say that people should call the police in certain situations to resolve issues. How is this not immoral, seeing as the police are not effective at defending people in the moment and exist mostly to fine and put people in jail?
0: Um, Well, I I don't know what you mean by immoral.
7: Um, Hi, how's it going? Uh, So what I mean by um, it being immoral is so if we can agree or accept that um, a police officer can't actually um, defend someone in the moment, like it's something that comes in after. But like, say you, you were.
0: Yeah, well, hang on. Sorry. Just just before we start. Have I said that people should call the police if there's an intruder in the home? Uh, have I said people should call police if they are fear they're going to about to get beaten up? I don't think I remember saying anything like that. I don't think we've even had those conversations with people.
7: Right. Um, okay, yeah, fair enough. I can't remember a specific uh, time where you
0: said that. Do I think that people should never call the police? No, I don't think people should never call the police. The
7: the one here's one that I remember clearly. Um, it, it wasn't about breaking into people's homes or anything. Um, so there was this girl who was um, she cheated on her boyfriend and she was really drunk, and she went over to some guy's house with her friend, and it was kind of like like a rapey kind of vibe where this girl was too oh, drunk. Oh yeah.
0: Did, if, if her friend, yeah, I remember. So if her friend, sorry to interrupt, but if for those who don't know, so I said, it, it, basically if her friend could not, this woman says that she was blackout drunk, which I personally didn't believe, but doesn't, doesn't really matter. But this woman said that she was blackout drunk and was unable to consent to sex. Right. Right. And I said, so her friend should have prevented her from having sex. Because if you're unable to consent to having sex, then you are unable to express your wishes with regards to birth control or condom use, which means that you might end up pregnant or with an STD, which is a catastrophe if it's, I mean, again, I have a big problem with the, you know, no consent mm-hmm. thing. Uh, if a woman is passed out, then having sex with her is clearly rape, Right. Just as if a man is, is, is passed out having sex with him, which is physiologically possible, is also rape. But again, because you can't consent to sex, uh, it's like basically if I give you 50 bucks, that's generosity. If you take 50 bucks from my wallet while I'm passed out, you're stealing, right? So if we take the woman at face value and she was unable to consent to sex because she was blackout drunk, then her friend should have called should have either got her out of the apartment, but if she couldn't get her out of the apartment, should called, should have called the cops. And the cops would have prevented the man from having sex with her. They would have taken the woman uh, probably to hospital because she may have had alcohol poisoning and she would have got the medical care and attention that she needed, right? Right. But
7: it, it just, it seems like, or most of the time, uh, you know, police escalate situations. They don't resolve them and I get in, in this case they could come in and, and they they would have took taken her to the drug tank or the hospital or whatever um but there's so much um like unknowns with a police officer like just for who they are like the type of people who are police officers um are usually like you know narcissists or sociopathic
0: or like don't generally like you know these aren't amazing virtuous people. Yes, okay, but sorry, sorry to interrupt. Look, you don't you don't have to convince me that that some police are bad guys. I personally have never uh been um I've never had any problems with the police. I have uh never had any I mean, I've never had any problems with them. They've, you know, they've always been uh uh reasonable to deal with uh, because I get that this is a dangerous and volatile situation. So, you know, if you're in the tiger tank, you don't poke it. Right. I think so, you would be the exception, um, though. I've, I
7: don't think you'd be the rule. Like, I think your interactions with the police would be an exception. It wouldn't be that this is what is generally happen, happening when people are interacting with police in these, like, volatile situations.
0: And and to... I, well, look, I mean, I, I don't know how to argue if you say, well, this is generally what happens, and I say, well, this is not what happens to me, and you say, well, that's the exception, but well, you're just begging right. the question, okay. Right, okay,
7: well, then... How about we look at it like this? So,
0: if the the
7: the woman calls the 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 cop into the guy's house who is you know being rapey or whatever, and um, this guy then goes to jail or
0: whatever for attempted rape, um, no, he would not go to jail because you would call prior. Okay, so you're saying? Okay, I don't really understand. So. Okay, well, okay, but let's say let's say that the woman um opens the door and the man is having sex with her passed out friend, right? right. So she should call the police because the man is raping her, but, but she, couldn't she
7: not stop that situation in another way like um, could she not throw the guy off? Could she not defend herself or does she have pepper
0: spray or a knife or something like it, it it seems look if okay okay so so she could maybe do that absolutely right. But what if she's 98 pounds and has no pepper spray? She goes into the kitchen
7: and, and, and grabs a knife or something like it oh really
0: <laughs> do you think that's not gonna be escalating that is, that, the that situation somehow? That is an
7: escalation but I, at least you're 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 defending someone you're defending your friend in the moment. Um, rather than calling in enforcers to take a man to jail, which I know he's initiated the use of force, but now this man is going to be rotting in a prison, which is completely immoral. When,
0: sorry, why is rotting in a prison completely immoral? Um, because <laughs> let's say he, let's say he, let's say he's a rapist, right? Let's say he roofied the woman. Right, she got drunk really suddenly, really quickly. Maybe he drugged her. I don't know. I don't know. It's pure speculation. This is just a theoretical situation, right? right? So he roofied the woman and he's raping her. I have no problem with someone like that rotting in a prison. Now, I don't think that the prisons should be the way they are. I don't think the government should run them. But I don't think the government should run the roads either. That doesn't mean I don't think there should Not be roads.
7: Just pure vengeance, though?
0: I, I don't. I mean, what I see prison is as a way of keeping predators off the street. You know, when I go to the zoo, I don't want to mingle with the lions. Right? So, so in the human zoo called the city, there are predators and there are prey. And the predators are the sociopaths and the narcissists and the manipulators and all this kind of stuff. And the politicians, of course. Right? Now, if there's a guy out there who roofies women and rapes them, Um, then they need to have him not do that, right? He needs to not be out there because my daughter might go to a bar and have a drink when she gets bigger, right? And so until they can find a way to cure sociopathy or sadism, then these people need to not be in the general population, right? Well, okay, here here are the two
7: arguments that that I hear about prisons. The one you've mentioned here is it's either... um, to prevent future crimes, so for public safety, you put them in jail to prevent future crimes, or uh, it's for punishment, that they need to atone for, you know, whatever they did, they did it wrong, now they have to serve their time to society, right? So if I'm looking at it like that, okay, so if prison is supposed to be um, r- reforming them, um, it's obviously failed in that respect, it, it, it's not
0: useful at all. Yes, sorry, but 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 nobody nobody has succeeded in reforming criminals. To my right, knowledge,
7: right. I I understand that and.
0: And by, Sorry, and also just to clarify, by criminals, I don't mean somebody selling right, a dime no, I bag. Get that. Even... Right. I mean like real human predators, the kind of people who will like tie you up and rape your wife or your husband in front of you, the kind of people who will torture you, the kind of people who will kidnap your children, the kind of people who will rape both men and women and children. I'm talking about baseline human predators, uh, and um, there's no one I know of, and the, the vast numbers of experiments and approaches have been taken. I don't know anyone who has ever been able to reform sociopathy.
7: No, right. I I, I get that, but it, I don't think that justifies um, letting them rot in a cell. Like, and I
0: understand that this sounds very radical, and this is very different. Oh no, no, this is not radical at all. This is standard left wing. Approaches. I'm not saying you're left-wing, but this is standard left-wing approach, because you're using emotional language only for the predator. No, but... Right? So, no, no, listen, listen, because I'm talking about a woman who's being raped, and the only emotional language you're using is rot in prison. Okay. In other words, you're using emotionally manipulative language to generate sympathy for the rapist, but you've expressed zero sympathy for the rape victim who might have now AIDS, who might have uh, um, uh, cervical uh, cancer-inducing viruses. Uh, she might have uh, uh, syphilis. She might have gonorrhea. Uh, she she might have uh, permanent uh, uh, um, uh, problems uh, with herpes, right? So, the man has drugged her and raped her, possibly impregnating her. And can you imagine being a woman faced with the choice of a child growing inside you, whether to terminate that child, which is not the child's fault, or whether to have the child of your rapist, or whether to give that child, the rapist, up for adoption? What a horrifying experience that would be for the woman. Or to have a permanent STD, or even a treatable STD is pretty gross. Uh, or to have damage to your vagina if he doesn't use lubrication and so on. So you're using emotional language designed to appeal only to the rapist's post-rape situation. You have not expressed a single shred of empathy for the victim of the rape. Okay,
7: well, let me apologize then and, and say that, you know, um, I'm sorry for using emotionally uh, manipulative language. And um, I do have massive sympathy and empathy for, for someone who um, would go through just like a terrifying, uh, horrible a situation like you know being assaulted or or raped or or anything like that, it it would just it'd be horrendous, right? Um, I my problem with it is jail isn't self defense, like it's not defense in the moment. It's like a punishment or a vengeance, like it's taking revenge after the fact, saying, "Well, we're the the person isn't in danger right now." Like the person was already raped, right? She, the, that
0: person isn't in danger anymore. So now we're gonna. No, no. I look. I'm. I look. W- when a tiger gets out in a zoo, and it's happened in some zoo in the U.S., some kids were throwing sticks at a tiger, and it leapt the fence. Right. What did they do with the tiger? Even though the tiger killed some, some one of the one of the zoo attendees. Right. What did they do with the tiger when they came back? Right back in the zoo, in the cage. I'm sure. They put it back in the cage. Right. Does that bring the person that they killed back no, to life? No, but the standards
7: no. for a tiger and human are completely different. It's not immoral to put a tiger.
0: Well, because why? A, because
7: a human why? is self-aware and is sentient and understands things, and a, a tiger has no rights, like a ti-
0: Which means that the, the which means that the human is far more culpable. No, I, un, I underst- for evil doing than right, a tiger. I understand is. he is
7: culpable, and I understand that he's responsible. I'm just saying that jail is not self-defense. So to confine someone against their will... Uh, But so
3: what?
0: No, jail is not self-defense. And it's not self-defense to put the tiger back in its cage. But it prevents the tiger from eating other people. Right, I get that. And that's where I feel
7: uncomfortable is putting... Confining someone to a cage against their will. Um, I'm not okay with that. Like, I understand that they are an evil person. And that... Or they have done evil things and and
0: they're... (laughs) And you know that they're very likely to repeat, right? So the vast, the majority of rapes are done by a very small number of men who rape repeatedly. Right. And also, like, the average pedophile goes through hundreds of victims before they get to prison. Right. Hundreds right. of victims. Right? So when you catch a rapist, you most likely have caught a serial rapist. And when he's in jail, he's not raping people outside the prison system. Right.
7: Right. So you're saying you have to keep him there to prevent future crimes, which he may commit or is statistically likely to commit. But he hasn't but he hasn't actually committed the crimes. So to determine if this guy is going to you're saying, well, there may be future crimes. Therefore, we can put him against his will in a jail because he may do something.
0: Wait, wait, you saw that. What are you talking about against his will? You, again, you're using this manipulative but that, it's language. It's true that he's, being in the, he's not there by choice, right? No, but if, look, if, if, if things being acted against your will is a big problem, what about his victims? Right. You haven't talked about, well, the rapist was raped against your will, or the guy he killed was killed against his will, or the guy he, str- the guy he beat up was beat up against his will. You're only talking about the will of the criminal, of the violent predator, not of his victims. But what is him being in jail going to do for the victim? Well, we can, we, I just, we're we just going in circles here. I mean, what's no, the point I, of having this conversation? I keep telling you it doesn't defend against anyone who's already dead, but it prevents future crime. Right, but you just said I'm not talking about the victims of the the people
7: who were the victims of this man.
0: Yes, but the future crime, the future crime. What about the people he's most likely going to rape when he gets out? Right, right I, it
7: just seems... I don't. I don't. I guess I just don't understand that argument. Like
0: it. Okay. Let me let me put it to you this way. Let's say you're trapped in the San Diego Zoo in 2007, right? There's a tiger out there, and you just saw him rip apart a teenage boy. Right. Right. You can't leave the building, and you don't know if the tiger can get in the building right? What do you most want? To get away from the
7: tiger and not be hurt by the tiger?
0: You can't get away from the tiger because the tiger is a lot faster than you are. The tiger knows the zoo and you don't know where the tiger is. What do you most want to happen? I want to kill the tiger or have the tiger be put in a cage or something like that? Exactly. You want your environment to be safe by having the predator back in the cage, Right. right?
7: Right. But it, I, I still don't understand the animal No, thing. no,
0: wait, it's, wait, wait, it's a wait, conclusion. wait, hang on, okay. hang on. What if there is a shooter in the zoo? Not a, not a tiger, a shooter. Right. And you just saw him gun down a teenage boy. Right. Right? You don't know where he is, but you know the building you're in is not locked. Right. And you think there may be more than one. What do you most want to happen? Absolutely anything that will prevent me from getting shot by the guy. So if the man needs to be shot in order to save the future crime that's imminent, potentially against you, you're fine yeah, with because that, right? It's, it's, I'm not happy, but you know, that's what needs to happen, right? fine with it
7: because it's in the moment. It's direct. It's self-defense. But no, 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 no.
0: So let's say, let's say that... Um, <laughs> What is the difference between 10 minutes and 10 days?
7: The um, time scale, I guess, it, it just seems to me vengeance. Like if you go after someone 10 days later and they're just sitting in a coffee shop somewhere.
0: No, 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 no. You're, 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 you're willfully invading the point because you're too smart to not get it, right? You want someone put in a cage because they represent a threat to you in the next ten minutes or hour, right, right,
7: like I just want that situation to be over with whatever whatever needs to happen for that situation to be over with, and me to be safe,
0: yeah, you don't know, don't give me no, don't give me this, okay, this yes yeah, be... look, you want the situation to be over by him being shot or captured, right now, do you want the police? To hold on to him, or do you want them to say, "Don't do that," and then go home? I don't know. I have troubles with that. Oh no! You come on, come on! No, don't, don't, don't wimp out on me now. You want the you want the police to disarm him and keep him right Mm -hmm. to
7: continue? Honestly, I honestly do not want him in a jail for thirty years. Just
0: no, 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 no. I'm asking you in the moment. We're not talking about thirty years. You, you don't want the police to say, uh, with a megaphone, uh, please, please don't shoot any more people, and right. then go home, right? Would you feel no. safe? Well, of course you wouldn't, right? Because he's already been killing people, right? So you want the police to disarm him, or shoot him if they can't disarm him, and then you want them to put him in the back of a car in handcuffs, right? Right. So you want people who are going to commit crimes which could put you at risk in the near future to be disarmed and kept in a cage, right? Whether the cage is the back of a car or some holding cell at the police station or whatever, that's what you want because that is vivid to you. That is immediate to you, right? right? But how is it any different for the future victims of someone, right? So in in the, I think it was in the 80s, New York was insane, right? There were like 2,600 murders, every year and then they just started locking up criminals and it went down to like 600 a year.
7: Right.
0: I think it's because I... Like it, it works. It doesn't, you know, work, though. I, I'm not saying it's the right solution. I'm not saying it's the right solution. But for sure, if a serial rapist is in prison, he's not raping outside the prison, right? That much we know for sure. Now, whether there's a way to figure out how to cure the serial rapist or whether there's a way to, you know, but we don't want to let the serial rapist out in order to find out whether he's a serial rapist by having him rape you, right? Right. I... And again, I don't, I'm not saying the state should do it, and the state obviously shouldn't, shouldn't be in charge of it, but until somebody knows how to cure sadism, sociopathy, human malevolence, and to my knowledge... Nobody has any clue how to do that yet. And I don't think it can be done because I think it's a whole developmental phase that occurs from birth to like four or five years of age. But that's neither here nor there. It's just my opinion with some science behind it. But until we know how to cure these people, then, I mean, if somebody is has a, a life-threatening disease that is airborne and they're out there sneezing in a mall, would you be comfortable having them quarantined in a hospital? Yes. But no, then they're just rotting away in a hotel in a hospital room, right? No, if they're out there and can be patient zero for a plague, in other words, if their actions while free are incredibly dangerous to other people, then I don't see how we could let that person be free.
7: Right. But that's like an objective, like we can see like that for sure they will infect other people kind of thing.
0: Right, which is why we go through due process in an ideal society. It's why we go through due process in order to convict someone of a crime.
7: Right, and yeah, in an ideal society, and I, it's just hard. For, like, I just, I guess maybe it's coming from like I want people. Where is it coming from? Why, why is this even an issue for you? I mean, you're currently called no, a good prison. No, right? I, I just, I want people to take responsibility for their own defense like for for some it really makes me uncomfortable to think that people like oh i'm just some helpless person in this situation and i need to call in these enforcers and it's like well we wouldn't even need them if people like we don't even need the police if people would just be def- were able to defend themselves like and you know i understand the laws are in different countries are they're not able to do that but
0: Wait a second here. Are you are you saying that, like, little old ladies wouldn't need any kind of enforcers if, like, six-foot-two teenagers take their purse because they could do what? Like, spray them with blue rinse?
7: Well, yeah, but the the enforcer isn't actually going to help the old lady because they, the enforcers don't do anything in the moment. Like, the, the guy's going to take... Oh, my God. I feel
0: like we're having the same conversation how, round and round. How... We just had this whole conversation about if a guy who steals purses from little old ladies is in jail, little old ladies will not have their purses stolen by that guy. So, of course, the police are helping her. It just
7: seems like they're not actually doing anything because people are still stealing purses every single day and jail is not a deterrent and jail doesn't cure anyone. So it's like, yeah, we can put that one guy in jail, but it's the
0: old ladies. Wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that if – hang on. Are you saying that if more violent criminals are jailed, that has zero effect – on the crime rate? Um, I'm, I'm sure it would. I don't know the numbers, but I would assume that, yes, it would. Ha- wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, no, 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 no. You just know. Listen, if you're passionate about a topic, you got to goddamn well educate yourself on that topic right. first, right? Otherwise, you're just emotionally spraying nonsense, right? right? So you need to look that up. I can tell you that if you put violent criminals in jail, the crime rate doth go down. Now, I'm a big fan of self-defense, too. I think everybody should be able to carry whatever weapons they want. No problem with it. I think we're on the same page as far as that goes. I'm not a big fan of the state. I'm not a big fan of the police system, right? But the reality is if, but this is different from the question of if you put violent criminals in jail, does the crime rate for violent crime go down? Yes, it does. Now, if you don't even know that, then you are emotionally driven by this and you're not thinking critically or rationally, right? So my question is, why is this an issue for you? Why is this so important for you? To the point where you have very strong opinions and no facts.
7: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I have no facts, but in this in that scenario, yeah,
0: you're right. You've not given me, you tell me a fact you've given me. Um, this. Well, the like average response times for police are huge. You haven't given me those facts yet. You haven't given, and, and I'm not okay. arguing with that, so, right? So first of all, you haven't given me those facts yet, and secondly, I have never disputed that the police will not defend you in the moment. Okay. Of course not. They can't. They're a, it's, it's emergency response, and of course they're going to arrive late. But guess what? Even in a free society, there's not going to be police right. teleporters, right? They're always going to arrive. Of course, I've always talked about you know prevention in terms of treating children well, prevention in terms of get out of bad neighborhoods. Of course, but. You tell me a fact that you've given me so far, that's not like rotting in a cell, manipulative crap, right? What facts have you given me in this argument as yet?
7: I guess I get. It doesn't seem. And I'm not. No, I'm no, not no, trying no, to corner you. or like, bully. I don't think you would see it as a fact. And maybe it's not a fact. But I just. I still. Even though you put someone in jail for um, future crimes. Um, and to prevent future crimes, I, I think it's a fact that that is just taking revenge on somebody.
0: And I don't see. But why is this? Okay, so, I mean, so are we taking revenge on the tiger by locking the tiger up? Are we taking revenge on the shooter by locking the shooter up? Who cares? I, I, who cares? I just want to get out of the building alive. I guess. Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's... And so what if it is revenge? So what if it is revenge? It still doesn't alter the fact that if he's in prison, he's not committing crimes outside of prison, Well, if it
7: is revenge, then it's immoral, right? Like, it's not... Why? What's wrong with revenge? Well, because you're not... It's um, taking action after the fact when you're no longer in danger. And so you'd be the initiator. Like, if you go out and take vengeance on someone, you're initiating force on them. Right? So, like breaks into your house and steals your stuff and runs away and then like a month later you see him in the street and then you just pull out a gun and shoot him and take revenge for killing your stuff like
0: that's completely immoral to but what on earth well, first of all that never happens and secondly what does this have to do with anything we're talking about we're talking about due process and the incarceration of of serial violent criminals, because I've given you arguments um, with the degree to which rapists are serial rapists, pedophiles are serial pedophiles, uh, and so on, and thieves are most likely serial thieves, unless it's like Winona Rider star shoplifting. So the scenario that you're talking about, I don't know if it's ever happened, and certainly has nothing to do with our discussion. So my argument then goes back, or my question goes back to, what are we really talking about here? Right, like, Why is this important to you? Help me understand. Do you have family members in prison? Um, uh, Have you been the victim of a violent crime? Have you committed a violent crime? I mean, why is this even so important to you that you have all of these very strong emotions about things which you have barely any facts about? Um, I've just had
7: run-ins with a lot of police. Um, Not a lot of run-ins, but I've had run-ins with police. um, And... um,
0: I've been in situ. Well, can you, can you give me, give me some context. I don't know what uh, well, run-ins like just, Everyone's had run yeah, right? stuff
7: like uh, drugs and like possession
0: and stuff like that. And, um... So have you been arrested for, for, yeah. for possession? And did you end up uh, being tried or did you plead? Uh, yeah. Were you charged? Yeah. Um, In
7: a... I went to the... I was released with a promise to appear in court and I had to go to the court and um they would they're willing if I pled guilty they were willing to do things that would be more beneficial to me and um I didn't plead guilty so
0: oh so you went to trial? uh yeah
7: and what happened uh it was nothing major because the That crime was, or the possession was a very small possession of just marijuana, which is ridiculous that I, in my opinion, that I was even arrested for the small amount that I had. And, um, I have a record now and I got, I received a fine, but no, uh, jail time or anything like that.
0: And what does the record mean? You can't be bonded or you can't work for certain places? And is that a permanent? Um,
7: I can if I, I haven't done this, but if I ever needed uh, to do so, I, I, I could get a pardon. Um, if I went through that legal process, you can do things to to get it uh, dealt with.
0: Right. And, you know, I mean, I'm completely on your side about this. I think that the war on drugs is despicable and vile. And this is why, I mean, I say to people, like, there's no high that is good enough to put yourself through this kind of risk. Right. Uh, and I'm I'm incredibly sorry for what happened to you. And this is horrendous. But, you know, like, I didn't talk about, well, this woman went to a place where someone offered her a joint. And therefore, a SWAT team should have come in through the window and beheaded right. him with a and I scimitar, And I get right? that. Right, but, so I, uh, I'm i entirely on your side with regards to this and your view of the police uh, who are, they are enforcement robots. You program them and they enforce. I mean, I don't know of any police. I'm sure there have been some in the history of the world who say, this law is unjust. I refuse to enforce it, right? I mean, they got a pension. They got a club. And, you know, they, they kick out police who are too intelligent, right? And if you've got an IQ over 120, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you'll be too bored. Forget it. we <laughs> for some of the places, right? Right. So I, you know, I'm with you 150%. Um, if you want to have drugs in a free society, have drugs in a free society. Nobody should be able to interfere or throw you in jail or, or to scare you or put anything on your record or anything like that. I mean, assuming you're not driving a helicopter or flying a helicopter while stoned, I've got no problem uh, with you doing what you want to do with your own body. So your view of the police, I think, is uh, but obviously emotionally very strong, and I can completely understand why that is and, the case uh, and um, how did you get uh, how did you get caught um, it was just really stupid it, me and my friend
7: were smoking uh, uh, from a bong in his car in like a parking lot late at night like we just pulled over into this parking lot and um, I don't know if they were just uh-huh. driving by or maybe there was some complaint or something but we had the lights off and everything like that and uh they just came up to us and sort of asked us what we were doing and we were just like oh we just pulled off to the side here we're looking for directions of where to go on our phone kind of thing and they were just like get out of the car and we kind of just asked them like oh yeah well we're we can totally get out of the car but can you just tell us like what the problem is like what what did we do wrong kind of thing and they just kept saying get out of the car get out of the car and we kept saying, well, give us a reason and we're more than willing to comply. And they then just like ripped open the doors and threw us out of the car and slammed us up against the windows and put us in handcuffs. And then they literally went under my seat and found a gram of marijuana and then went under my friend's seat and found one gram of marijuana and just like held it up and they're like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And like, we're just like, oh, it's marijuana. <laughs> and they're, they, I don't know. It was like we were these evil, horrible people. Like they were just really intense about it and like really serious and uh, pretty violent in how they uh, handled us. So, so you were
0: going to drive stoned, right?
7: Uh, my friend was,
0: yeah. And what do you think of that?
7: Um, I know that this isn't going to sound great, but, um, I just, I've had a lot of friends who smoke weed and, um, it doesn't seem to affect their driving. They, I know they could just be completely lucky and that doesn't prove that it's safe or anything like that. Um,
0: I guess it's just in my experience. Do you think that, uh, do you think that marijuana lowers Your reaction times? Uh,
7: No, not in driving. Like I read this thing where it's like marijuana affects your brain. Like the part that like does like mathematics and like calculating like math and stuff like that. um, It really affects that part of the brain. Um, But the part where like you're you're actually like used to like driving is a really passive thing apparently on the brain. And um, from what I read, uh, these people were saying that it didn't seem to. Um, affect that in the same way as alcohol would.
0: Wait, it doesn't seem to affect it in the same way as alcohol, but the question is, does it affect driving competence, particularly in young drivers, right, who aren't as experienced? Like, it's never good to drive drunk, but if you've had 30 years of driving experience, then driving drunk is less bad because, I mean, not saying it shouldn't be wrong or illegal, but it is, um, uh, you've had lots of experience, right? Um, Like, it's one thing if you're, drunk and you've been an expert skier for 30 years you can probably still ski down a hill but if it's your second time on skis and you're drunk then it won't be good right so you guys were young guys without a lot of driving experience uh, and um, were stoned uh, getting stoned in uh, in a car which then you would drive right right
7: and I I think this article was saying that it didn't affect that part of the brain Um, but I know there are conflicting studies about that And there's some stuff that says it does. And so I'm not certain about that. Um, I'm just sort of saying what I read. Um,
0: Yeah, I I don't know that a lot of people will have... I mean, if anyone can get me a a study in the chat room or, Mike, if you can get me one in Skype, uh, I am curious. Um, It it would seem to me that uh, it would have an effect on uh, on driving. uh, But I'm certainly willing to hear evidence to the contrary. But when you were doing the part in the car, did you at that time have any certain knowledge about its effects on your friend's ability to drive? Um,
7: No, I just, all I had was personal experience. So I, I didn't have any sort of certainty about it.
0: Right. So you were certainly taking a risk, right? And not just with your own lives, but with other people's lives as well.
7: Right. Well, yeah, he was driving, but yeah, I know what you mean.
2: Okay, <laughs> but right, you no, were there, right?
7: I wasn't putting I wasn't risking someone else's life,
0: right? I was a passenger. So he... well, did you tell him not to smoke because he's <laughs> no, driving? I guess not right. So no, you're laughing. But is this funny? Um, no, no, I, I guess it right. So because I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to say that the war on drugs is good. Obviously not. Right. But I don't want stone people driving. I'm just. I look, I'm. I'm again. I'm. I'm happy to hear the studies so or whatever. If, if anyone could find something, but I don't want because driving is like on the highway in particular, or you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you. It's like split second, split second uh, can can be a disaster, and uh, I am. Uh, um, I'm not hypervigilant and I've never had a car accident, but uh, I am uh, very. Um, uh, aware that uh driving is a split second um problem
7: right yeah it is i agree with that um i again i don't i, I read that study a while ago so i'd have to go look for it um but yeah I, we can leave it sort of like that if you want uh, like uncertain but um just going back to something else we were talking about earlier um is you know being uh i used to be a drug addict and um being Uh, friends with a lot of drug addicts and being in that circle um, for obvious reasons there's always this thing where it's like you never call the cops right no matter what like calling the cops is not okay because there's drugs around no one wants to get in trouble so we would always come up with other solutions of of dealing with problems that didn't involve um, the cops so for me it's like oh well I know that there's these other solutions out there instead of putting someone in jail like there was one time when me and my friends we were all getting high and this guy was on um, on a hallucinogen and he was having a really really bad trip and he was being like uh, aggressive and dangerous like he was just rampaging through the house like punching holes in walls and screaming and knocking over tables and couches and all this kind of stuff and we're just like really scared we're like oh god what are we gonna do so we just kind of like wait in the hallway, see where he goes into another room. And then we just ran out of the house and just went to a park and we just hung out at a park for like two hours or whatever. And then we came back home. The house was a mess and destroyed, but like he was gone. He just left somewhere and, you know, no one was hurt or anything. Property was damaged, but, um, you know, we didn't have to call the police. Uh, we didn't have to get him arrested. We didn't have to give him a record for that. And, you know, I've like, yeah, it sucks that the house was messed up, but I almost, even though he was doing something wrong, it's almost like, well, if there's that other solution, I'd rather not have this guy have a record. I'd rather not this guy be in jail. I don't know if that makes any sense or not.
0: No, I get. It. If you're doing a bunch of stuff that's illegal, then you don't want to call the cops. Right, right. But, yeah, but I mean but saying but but the problem is you're extrapolating a sort of personal fear of the police as a result of illegal activities to some grand theory of police and incarceration but not with any facts, right? So I mean, obviously you but even need to, if, even if you're not, right? and and you're like, well, I don't know, maybe I haven't read the studies in a while, but you know, you don't want to, you don't want to fulfill the stereotype of like people who are stoned or just kind of <laughs> dazed and, and think they know stuff when they don't and all that. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to go counter to the stereotype. Well, I'm, right? I'm just trying to give so, you my um, thoughts
7: on it and, and maybe those aren't very useful or anything, but, um, I, I, I just there seems to be better ways in my experience. And even though I'm not a drug addict now and I haven't used drugs um, and there's no threat of, of, you know, going to jail because of that, I I still would just be really apprehensive
0: about calling the cops. Um, and unless, of course. unless oh, it was that. like, I understand that, but, but, but you want to, uh, at least I think you want to distinguish between, um, capturing a predator as opposed to you guys now again in a free society i I, you know until i'm just reading an article here about there was a test actually where uh the the drivers uh who were stoned uh, the the instructor had to grab the wheel to stop this person from swinging wide and hitting the photographer and all that kind of stuff Uh, uh, driving under the influence whether it's drugs or or alcohol i mean a, a recent study 12% of drivers in America stopped on a Friday or Saturday night have been drinking. But it's a terrifying statistic. I mean, it's like, what, 35,000 people die on the roads every year in the U.S.? Um, I mean, people are fucking nuts when it comes to driving under the influence. And uh, I don't know if they feel like they're immortal or bulletproof, but... um, if stupidity causes its own demise, that's one thing. But if stupidity often causes the demises of the innocent, that to me is uh, crazy. A vehicle is a giant it's a giant metal weapon. It's a tank. Uh, and um, the people need to be clear-headed when they're driving. Um, and uh, I'm not happy that you guys, even in a free society, I wouldn't be happy if you guys were driving high as young drivers. And again, you know, the studies would have to come in and all that. But um, I generally think that a clear head is better for driving. I don't even like people to drive when they're angry. Because people drive like idiots when they're angry. Uh, You know, like you, I've had people, uh, you know, they come, I I go the speed limit, I'll maybe edge over, I I go the speed limit. But uh, I'll edge over to pass, but I go the speed limit and um you know partly because i mean i understand what can happen if uh, the police get involved in your life and um uh you know people come up behind me they're flashing their lights it's like no fuck you i'm going the speed limit if you want to go and have an accident go have it somewhere else Uh, and then they'll like having people on a narrow highway like pass three cars and then just zip in before some truck comes along Mm -hmm. and it's like fuck you you should not be on the road Like, fuck you. Go home and take the fucking bus because you are a monster and you're going to get someone killed who's innocent. And if you want to pull a Paul Walker and wrap yourself around a tree, that's your business and the tree's business and I'm sorry for the tree. But if you're going to be out there playing nice with big people uh, with with this giant vehicular, massive sled of death uh, running around at uh, 100 uh, kilometers an hour, then you need to be responsible. So... I I'm shocked I'm always shocked at the number of people who do this kind of stuff and uh I'm incredibly sorry and we don't have time to get into it but I get that you know I mean I've talked about this many times the degree to which drug abuse is the result of a highly dysfunctional right child uh, abuse and obviously I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I'm guessing that you didn't have the happiest time as a right. child Right
7: no of course not um and yeah I get I get the whole drug thing and 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 um but, you know I don't do that stuff anymore so you know you don't have to to worry about that um, can I just ask you one question um so if you were in that situation that that I was in with the the violent guy in the house um and you weren't on drugs and 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 that that was the only one guy on drugs um you'd would you be completely comfortable and fine with calling the police on
0: that guy instead of doing Wait, you mean if I, if my friend was so drunk she couldn't consent to sex, and I found some guy having sex with her?
7: Right. Okay. Yeah, we can use that.
0: I would tell. Uh, no, I mean I wouldn't just immediately call the cops. I'd tell him to get the hell off, or I was going to call the cops, and if he got off, then I'd get to a place of safety, and then I'd call the cops because someone like that should not be out in human society. If you, if you are willing to rape a woman who's unconscious, then you are not fit to be in human society. Um, at least for whatever period of time it takes for whatever help you can get in prison, and there is some help you can get in prison. Right. But um, that's what we've got at the moment, you know. I mean, the, the governments run the libraries. Does that mean I can't go and take out a library book? No, it doesn't mean that. I mean, this is the system that we have, and um, the degree to which we can get human predators uh, off the streets, I think is positive. Now, again, this doesn't have anything to do with the woman's situation because I don't know what was going on. I don't know what the truth was or anything like that. But in a right. the theoretical situation, yes, if I, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call the cops in the moment. But uh, I think that people like that do need to be called to account. I think they need to, um, uh, if you're going to drug someone and rape them, yeah, I mean, that could be my daughter. You need to be the fuck off the streets uh if that's what you're doing and that's proven and there's you know evidence and it's it's you're found guilty and all that then uh yeah i am very very comfortable with having people like that off the street because if i'm in a zoo and there's a predator loose i want that fucker away from my throat and away from the throats of my family and uh, if there's a shooter in a mall i want someone to either shoot that guy with a blow dart or blow his fucking head off because i'm not taking a bullet because some nut job hasn't dealt with his issues or is on the wrong meds, and. I am uh, very comfortable with uh, people being um, taken out of society who have uh, proven uh, abundantly that they are only going to cause misery, pain, pregnancy, STDs, and God knows what else to um, other people in society. Um, I don't view any difference between a, um, a mammalian predator that is bipedal and one that's a quadruped, except that the bipedal one has moral responsibility, whereas the quadruped doesn't. So the reason I bring in animal metaphors is is to point out not that animals are like people, but because uh, whatever you think is just for an animal is far more just for a human being, because a human being has a moral choice, which an animal uh, doesn't have. Uh, So... um, so yeah, that's my, you know, I, I don't want to look and then my whole life is designed around never getting into a fucking situation like that. Right. My whole life is designed around never end up in a situation where I have to figure out whether I'm going to go to the kitchen and get a knife and stab someone who might be raping someone or call the cops. I mean, that's so incomprehensible to my life as a whole. I mean, you could design a life where that right. doesn't happen. Uh, and um, uh, so, but yeah, if, if I were, I can't even imagine, but if I was somehow to end up in that situation. Yeah, I would definitely want someone like that. Um, if, if someone was uh, a rapist, I would definitely want someone like that out of society for X period of time. I don't know what that period of time is. I'm no criminologist. I don't know what could be done to make that person better. But uh, I would rather somebody be, as you say, rotting away in a cage rather than rotting away on unconscious women they drugged. Right.
7: Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know why I'm still having troubles with it, but it it must be just something else that I need to uh, to look at. And I, I can do that up on my own time. That's fine.
0: Well, if you were abused as a child and if what your parents did were illegal, then the cops basically didn't help you when you were a child. But then they uh, dragged you out of a car when you were an adult, right?
7: Right. Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's good for me.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your call. Uh, and, um, thanks everyone. Of course, for your call, I delightfully await the deluge of, uh, you're a cop lover <laughs> or whatever comes after this. And I'm certainly happy to be corrected, uh, on any facts that I have uh, mistaken. Uh, And I will certainly put those front and first and foremost on Saturday Night Show if they should come pouring in, as I'm sure that they will. And um, thanks again, Mike, for running a great show. Thanks to all the callers, FDRURL.com slash donate to help out the show. And we will talk to you soon.